Ah, hello, and welcome to the Horror Screams podcast. We are part of the Horror Screams Video Vault website, of course, and we have reached the summit of 33 episodes. Episode 33 is all about the Halloween movies. Not those ones, the recent ones. We're going to be talking about the trilogy of Halloween 2018, Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends, which is still playing in movie theatres because it's so new. And naturally, as you probably expect, we shall be spoiling the contents of those three quite recent movies. So please do not be angry if you find out the ending of Halloween Ends because it's still in theatres or cinemas, as we say in the UK, uh, and still on streaming if you are one that streams, not in that weird old lady way. Don't worry. So, yes, we'll be talking about those three, having a good old chinwag and sharing views on what have proved to be quite divisive movies, it's fair to say. But I'm not doing it alone like I do most things, especially later. I'm doing it with Pete. Pete's Hello. back. Hi, Pete. Welcome. Hello. Nice How are you Pete, doing? Yeah. It's all right, yeah. Oh, bless him. <laughs> As Looking they say. forward to telling everybody how crap Halloween ends is. Say what? <laughs> you what? What? <laughs> Scandal. Yes, who knows? I do not know. Pete has not shared his load with me in not regards this. to Halloween ends. Not not this time. Exactly. The night is young, of course, and exactly. sadly I'm getting older. Oh well. Yeah. Let me know. Perform for you after a few hours of assistance. Dance, uh, <laughs> Good God. Oh, yes. Well, welcome back, Pete. And of course, we are also joined by the Sarah Bard. Hi, Sarah. How's it going? Hey, that's very good. Thank you. Yep. All good. Um, I'm actually thinking, is this actually like, have we been doing this podcast for like two years now? Because didn't it start on Halloween? Dun, 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 dun. Wait, shouldn't it be three years? Because wait, if we're doing one a month and we're at 33. Yes, it's about three years. Have... God. Yes. Bloody we started hell. it before COVID, Sarah. Yes, we did. But yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Wow. So it's even longer than two years. Yes. When we That's started this. My brain can go back. I was a teenager. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It doesn't feel like that long. It feels like two months. Absolutely. But yeah, you started with Halloween and now we're doing different Halloweens. Yes. In fact, when we started Halloween, Halloween, Halloween from 2018 was pretty new. They hadn't yeah. even made the other ones. They were just like a glint in John Carpenter's checkbook. Yes. God bless him. I love him. He's great, isn't he? Like, um, there's a great clip of him saying, well, the funny thing is they ring me up and say they'll do a new Halloween film and I bring out my hand and a check falls into it. It's fantastic. <laughs> and I Imagine. have to do piss all, <laughs> except redo my score and add a few extra bits. <laughs> Well, welcome, Sarah. How has your previous month been since our exciting Last House on the Left podcast, which wasn't at all depressing? <laughs> Not at all. Yes, but it's been good, thanks. The weather's calming down. It's actually getting all nice and autumnal and halloween yes. It's my first time of year. Yes. Yeah, we're recording this on the 21st of October. And it will go wow. out Halloween-ish. Um, unless you're listening in January, in which case this is old news. And they've already made yep. a new Halloween film with Jamie Lee Curtis again. Show. How's your month been, Pete? You can tell us. We're doctors. Yes, been been fine. Been busy doing stuff. That's 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 the gist of it. Ah. <laughs> Probably illegal stuff, I would wager, knowing you. 
no, I'm going to step away from the podcast now. Just, oh, acting a bit shifty. That's a shame because I was going to do my Mustafa Rakhad joke just uh, because oh! it seemed appropriate. Oh, yeah, you, you mentioned to me and Sarah before the podcast, you had a joke that you haven't told us yet, but we should laugh at. So we hope you can regale us with it now and share it. Wow. With, share it where the world where everybody will. Laugh. Yes. Oh, yes. Well, thank you for your support of said joke, Pete. <laughs> you are very welcome, Stephen. Hang on. Let me introduce you. Hello, this here is Stephen with his wonderful joke, which is hilarious. It's probably the funniest joke I've ever heard. And if anything, you should start being a stand-up comedian. That's just, just the way it's going to be. Well, thank you, Pete, for this very spontaneous motion that you've just put in place. And I would prefer to be sitting down. But yes, if the joke takes off, as I think it will, then I'm happy to stand up for delivery of said joke. Yes. So here it comes. Uh, this is kind of the preamble before the joke. Then a joke will happen. Everyone will laugh. And then we can move on. And okay. Okay. Right. Do, you want, so, do you want to count down? Do you want to count down? What to the joke? Yes. Uh, it puts more pressure. But yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Okay. In three, two. Oh, God. One. Tell us a joke. Hey, Pete and Sarah. How are you doing today? Is this a joke? Yeah, we oh, are no, that's, no, sorry. That's me setting it up. Oh, fantastic. Well, oh, hey. Preamble. I've got some news straight from Hollywood, guys. Um, apparently, the rights to the Halloween franchise have reverted from Bloomhouse back to the Akads again. Strange, hey? I have to say, though, I have to say that must have been quite a tough deal. <clears throat> because the uh, the late Mustafa Akkad was a big part of the Halloween franchise and the joke is based on it must have been quite warm out, hasn't it, for October? Yeah, yep, sure is. And awesome. it was a bit, bit drizzly this morning. Yes, mm. yeah. the mm. uh, the school run was a bit moist, wasn't it? Well, mm -hmm. not that you were there, and I was. <laughs> it was moist in a weather sense, and uh, not because of the coven of school mums. Anyway, yes. Yeah, so today. It's all about the Halloween movies. That's the only joke that we'll ever do in the podcast. Until next time, when there'll be a hilarious Final Destination related joke, not giving away the subject of next month's podcast. <laughs> Could be anything. Could be Paddington 2, which actually Paddington 2 is one of the best films ever made. But I happen to watch this is unrelated to Halloween. I happen to watch a film called The Unbearable Waste of Massive Talent which is the Nicolas Cage movie where he plays himself, which is adorable if you're a fan of Nicolas Cage, especially. And one of the best things about it is it has a wonderful Paddington 2 joke, stroke moment of loveliness. So, yeah, check it out. It's Nicolas Cage. He's playing himself. <laughs> OK, it's really good. If you're a Nicolas Cage fan, obviously not. Judging by this reaction, uh, then do check it out. I do like I like Nicholas He's King. fantastic. It could be inter I I have heard nothing but good things about that film. It's really sweet. It's not, and yeah, the good thing as well. It's not like FNAF and ah. It's not like ha ha, you know, mocking him or anything. And obviously, he's playing himself, but it's quite affectionate. And there are jokes about different things. There's a kind of joke about the Wicker Man remake and references to Mandy and uh, what's the other on a, on a scale of your joke to 
it's not funny. Where would you put that film? Uh, what, the Nicolas Cage film? Yes. It's definitely up there with the Mustafa joke. Yeah, for sure. It's well, really right, good. okay, somewhere I'm going to add it to my watch list. Thank you. Yeah, I think this will become a benchmark, um, the Mustafa joke, for people checking out amusing films. Yeah. Excellent. This has really taken off more than I thought, actually. I might have to consider that stand-up, sitting-down comedy thing. Yeah, no, it's really good. And Nicolas Cage, of course, is in the, whatever it's called, The he's playing Renfield, right? Or the movie's called Renfield or something like that. Nosferatu. No, oh, bless you. <laughs> I should get that looked at. It's probably COVID. <laughs> oh, God. COVID cough alert. You can catch it through the internet now, apparently. It's mutated again. Oh, that's true. Um, yeah, no, Nicholas Cage is a real gem, and uh, and he plays himself uh, rather well. Very convincing, I thought. He plays himself rather well. Well, that's uh, glad he can act being himself. And it starts off with a um, with a scene from Con Air, which of course is one of the great action films of the nineties. Put the bunny down. That bit, yes. <laughs> I I absolutely I felt very nostalgic. Um, but tragically realised how long ago the 90s were as I was watching it. But, um, <laughs> yeah, do check it out. All Nick Cage fan. He's a real gem and he actually really can act as anybody who's watched um, things like Leaving, <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, Leaving Las Vegas or Wild at Heart. Uh, guy's got massive talent. And he goes crazy. He bought a castle. He buys things like dinosaur skulls and you know, yes. Edgar Allan Poe's, whatever. And and has enormous debts because of his elaborate spending spree on things he doesn't need and presumably marrying people and divorcing them and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, the man's a legend. Indeed. So, so yes, all of which, of course, is just flim flam compared to what we're actually talking about today, which is the franchise of Halloween in most recent years. So Halloween Ends is the number one film as we speak at the American box office. Mm-hmm. It is raking it in, as they say, and it's out in good time. Uh, this uh, trilogy has been around since 2018, directed by David Gordon Green with the return of Jamie Lee Curtis. And Halloween ends, if I'm right, is Halloween is the 13th Halloween film? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, yes, yes. 13. Yes, indeed. And quite nicely, obviously, the first of these came out in 2018 for the 40th anniversary. So it's H40. Um, and of course, we've been here before. I mean, you know, people are either moaning or celebrating these latest films, but we kind of have already done all of this what, uh, while we're here, actually. And as a preamble, I was in, I saw uh, Halloween H2O, which of course was the the Halloween sequel that brought back Jamie Lee Curtis, but didn't ignore Halloween too. So she's still Michael Myers' sister in Halloween H2O. <laughs> Yes. So it still makes sense that he's relentlessly pursuing her uh, because he's got that grudge against her, um, which obviously is ignored by the most recent ones. But um, regardless, it's still ignored Halloween's four, five and six and obviously three. Um, but still, I'm a big fan of Halloween H2O. I thought it was actually uh, it's very nippy. It's in and out in, I don't know, 80 minutes or something. It's pretty suspenseful. It has a definitive ending where Michael is beheaded, which you think would be the end. And Jamie Lee gets to have quite a lot of fun. I mean, Laurie in H2O is kind of a boozer and she's traumatised, but she's also kind of a spunky, funny mum and a, and she has a lot of kind of nice rapport with, um, I think it's Adam Arkin that plays her boyfriend in it, Josh Hartnett, 
who of course has that terrible haircut. Um, yeah, what are your views on H2O out of interest? Because I'm quite a fan. Sarah? I've never seen it. <gasps> oh, oh, sorry, I, I assume so, yeah. every, <laughs> You need to, I think you should, because it's, it's very good. The original, the second, and up to Season of the Witch. And then I'm not seeing anything after that until watching these recent 2018 ones. That's yeah. interesting. And that's probably how they want it to be, because obviously the <laughs> 2018 ones ignore all of them except the original anyway. Um, well, hmm. you, you say that, but we'll come into, in, into that in a bit about them ignoring things. Well, it borrows from Steel. Yeah, that's, that's, more, that's, that's more like... <laughs> we'll ignore these, but we'll borrow the bits we really like. Because they're, they're these, aren't, these have nothing to do with the other ones. Uh -huh. We will cherry pick the things from those that we did like. Oh, I love that bit where we had a kind of accomplice figure. <gasps> yes, exactly. Wait, wait, oh, Michael's not supernatural, but we might we might kind of <laughs> lean towards that in the end trilogy episode, maybe. <laughs> oh, you teasing bastards! Yes, exactly. Um, well, yeah, H two O is is a good one, and it's it's kind of fat free. It's kind of like ah, you know, yeah, blah, dee doo doo, and it's all over um, before you know it. Well, um, it is. That that period of you know I I know what you did last summer Scream and all those type of movie urban legend kind of thing coming out that is one of my favourite kind of ones that's come out because it's kind of it is a Halloween movie but it's also trying to bring that audience in with it as well to mesh them yes. together and it worked it did it really well yeah unlike, I the, unlike so. Resurrection yeah uh, oh oh sorry I thought you said erection oh you meant no, Halloween no, 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 Halloween erection that's uh, that's on Pornhub. Was that a spin-off? Yes. So to speak. Yes, Ron Jeremy. Or toss-off. Yes. Got it. Ron Jeremy's playing Michael Myers. Ah, uh, yes. That wasn't even a mask, was it? That was just the yes. Yes. Well, it is good. And it, they're fun. I mean, the the difference, I think, with Halloween H2O and, and even Resurrection, which obviously is, is not loved, but is that they don't take themselves massively serious and they, and they are kind of there's no pretensions about those. He's back. Fuck it. She's he's after her and some teenagers, and then it's finished. It's basically a each each Halloween film is basically a carbon copy of each thing. You so say basically go right. We need that bit, that bit, that bit, and that bit. Chuck that in the film, and then we will just add extra bits in between it. Yes, and then there's always that guy, presumably in the script meeting. Uh, they're like, "Hang on a minute. Oh fuck, it's Jeff at the back. Yeah, what's wrong, Jeff? What if?" I've got, a, you know, I've got a really gonzo, oh, him and his gonzo ideas. We've got this bloke in black. I've got no idea who the fuck he is, but he basically turns up when the plot needs it and he breaks Michael Myers free from prison where he's wearing his mask for some reason at the end because they don't take the mask off when you take him into custody. And that's it. And then we'll make up the reason he exists later on. I know, what if young Jamie stabs her stepmother at the end <laughs> for some reason because she's picked up his evil because she touched his hand. Oh. And the druids. What about the druids? That's the Jeff, you're hired. We're going to use all of your ideas and work <laughs> it out later on. <laughs> um, yes. Are we are we selling you on the um, four, five, six, sir? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> there are good moments in all of them. Tomorrow yes. is fantastic yes. in Halloween five. Yes, there are good moments in in all of those. Actually, I've watched I watched Halloween five this week. In fact, and and it's Why weird. That? <laughs> just because I like the film. It's uh, weird. No, nothing else in the film that you like? 
Okay, well, I might as well come out. Tamara Glynn, I mean, she, yes, she's fantastic. She's a very good actress in the two or three scenes that she's in the movie. One of which, at one hour and two minutes and 38 seconds, if you're watching the VHS tape, is particularly good. You just like her acting? That's, yes. That's, that's I, was, I was 12, man. Don't most judge people, me. Most people would have, you know, the way she was dressed in that film, <laughs> and being a pre and teenager, you would have been quite, you know, infatuated with her, some may say. Yes, I've heard that has happened with people called Stephen West. Oh, whoops. <laughs> or other people are available, like... Stephanie East. Stephanie West. <laughs> yes, exactly. She's <laughs> the worst one for it. And Stefano West. Oh, Stefano. Stefano Westia. Yes. Uh, the Italian fans of Halloween. Yes. Hello, Stefano. <laughs> Rumbled. But yeah, there are good things. You, know, you watch them and they're quite. I've rewatched uh, four, five, and six probably a few times, like with the other three at the start. Maybe five. <laughs> again, Stephen. Yes, Mum, I'm watching it again. It's like the best film ever. Like it's better than Citizen Kane. Stephen, are you sure you're watching it for the film? Yes. Um, Where's the toilet roll? God, <laughs> you're going to put Kleenex out of business, Stephen. That's not possible, Mum. They're a multi-million-pound company, and I'm helping cheeky. them on the way. I'm terrified that this is just a flashback to me being twelve. It's very disturbing. Um, yeah. So yes, Sarah, your homework for. By next Halloween, twenty twenty three. That's not a movie, by the way. Um, yeah. Or it probably will be. Um, <laughs> is to watch Halloween four, five, six, seven, eight K A H two O Halloween Resurrection, and ha Rob Zombie's Halloween and Halloween two. Which oh yeah, um, then oh yeah. Well, they're both very good, which we did discuss at, at one point, and probably should have a proper old chinwag about at some stage. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, it's a mixed bunch. But they all do their own thing. Some of them ignore mm -hmm. the other things. Some of them are like, oh, what about this? Rob Zombie, I think, was probably the only, whether you like them or hate them, was probably the only director that came along and actually made films that you were like, wow, straight away, this is clearly a Rob Zombie film. The other films, you know, could be by John Smedley Smith or Bilbo Baggins, and you wouldn't know any difference. Um, but at least somehow in this very old franchise he was allowed and able to kind of put his stamp on them again whether you like mm. them or not yeah. um these movies as well i mean i think are different i mean they are definitely uh the cool thing i think is david gordon green who directed them isn't a horror guy so that's quite interesting he, before he made stuff like pineapple express comedies and, and stuff like that same for danny mcbride who co-wrote these things and I think that's interesting because we know that non-horror guys or girls in the past have made great horror films like mm. William Freaky and The Exorcist. He's not a horror guy. He's a he's a director that made a horror film and Stanley mm -hmm. Kubrick with The Shining. So I think that actually really helps these films, which I think are very effective, all three of them in their own ways. And Danny McBride, who's a comedy guy, you kind of see that creeping in as well with stuff that we might discuss along the road. But um, anyway, so Halloween 2018 is the beginning of this for the 40th anniversary, which, as we said, wipes the slate clean. Because let's face it, um, if you take on that the other films past Halloween 1978 exist, you've got to deal with all that shit. You've got to deal with the, well, it's, he's my brother. You know, you've got to deal with the Darth Vader plot twist of Halloween 2, which John Carpenter himself admitted was, you know, a desperate measure to come up with something and hated mm -hmm. it. Laurie, 
I am your brother. It was that time of... Um... Hey, Michael doesn't speak. <laughs> yeah, he does. Oh, I've seen the different cut of Halloween too. <laughs> Not that one. <laughs> oh, God. And so it begins. So, yeah, and you've got to deal with the niece and the annoying things like the man in black and what the druids. But, as Pete suggested, they find a way to, uh, however you want to phrase it, homage or borrow the best bits, the greatest hits of Halloween's two through to whatever mm-hmm. at some point in these three films, which, again, I think works quite well. But, uh, yeah, so it's a reset. And, um, yeah, tell us about Halloween 2018, Sarah. What's it all about, Sarah? Um, so it starts off, is it 40 years after? Yes. 40 long years. Yeah, 40 long, long years. And um, it basically starts off with uh, Michael in a mental or a high security prison mm-hmm. um, being visited by two journalists that in the 40 year anniversary want, want to try and speak to him, which is ridiculous because we've already said that he doesn't speak. But they go to the prison anyway and um, stand and stare at his back whilst trying to ask him questions. Um, and then he tries to provoke him by producing the mask. And that's basically how it kind of starts. Mm. And then it kind of goes into Haddonfield, 40 years on. Um, Laurie and her daughter and her granddaughter are all slightly, they're kind of estranged because Laurie's gone a little bit mental, like she normally does. Um, she's a little bit uh, paranoid. Um, she's she's like done out, kitted out her house like the A-team or something. She's out there, target mm. packing and stuff. But yeah, she's kind of like alienated her daughter and her granddaughter who are trying to live normal lives in the town it's coming up to halloween um parties are happening um people are talking about the boogeyman and you know michael's still spoken about every halloween type thing and then michael does the usual thing that they think they're gonna do a prison transfer so we're moving michael and a bunch of other prisoners out on halloween which you know is never going to go right Mm-hmm. And the bus crashes. Michael escapes on Halloween and causes general havoc. Um, there's there's a very high body count. Um, he does some really cool kills, doesn't he? His um, his first port of call is to find the journalists that visited him that are staying in Haddonfield, and he steals his mask back and that kind of stuff, and then goes on a killing spree to find Laurie, um, who's adamant that he's after her, but nobody else believes her. Yes. And, and yeah, it all kind of culminates in him going around trying to find her and members of her family and killing along the way until he finally does find Laurie's house. In a nutshell, have we missed anything out? Nutshell, nutshell indeed. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yes, that's the gist of it, isn't it? There's um, there's a bunch of others. I mean, you're right. The, the kills are, are, are very good. The kills... Um, as we kind of know, the original Halloween is is pretty dry for a slasher film. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, they say very little blood. Yeah, they bring it up quite a lot. They get oh, Michael killed five people. I'm pretty sure he kills five people in like I don't know, like the first half an hour. He's about he's escaped in this one. You know, the mm. body is a lot higher and a lot bloodier. There are some really good kills when he's yeah. behind the lady in the house just before she closes the blind, like sticks the knife through her neck that's pretty cool that's a fantastic see i think that's the the kind of extended take sequence where it's a long tracking shot of when he's he's first walking around and it ends on that bit yeah that's really impressive but i think um in the original i always thought that in the first the, the john carpenter one that he he enjoys scaring people as much as killing them there's a lot of build-up 
where he's just popping up from somewhere or he's uh, obviously he does things like he dresses in the sheet to you know he could just kill something he could just yeah. kill bob but he chooses uh linda rather he chooses to dress in bob's sheet to kill her yeah. you know so whereas this it's closer maybe to the the michael myers of the rob zombie films especially the bit where he stomps on the the head of that yeah um that that dude um it's closer to that brutality because the the zombie one is, is really brutal and when we get to halloween kills it's probably just as brutal as anything in the halloween series but yeah yeah it's it's different it's recognizably michael but it's adjusted for our times where they know that in a 2018 version of halloween they can't just have someone bloodlessly stabbing someone and that's all over you know it's um yeah and everyone's kind of linked to everyone as well it's not just random people you know you've got you've got the whole halloween party going on and hmm. uh, people's kids of the like the babysitter and the kid that was being babysitted in the original you know he's kind of going after those their kids and stuff like that that they don't realize at the time and michael probably doesn't have a clue he's just going after them but because the story's gone round and everyone knows each other they're kind of linking them all to each other and uh, who they're going to get next yeah and the people yep. in his house when he goes back to his house as well. They're my favourite people. <laughs> it's a big John and little John. <laughs> <laughs> or this, have I skipped, have I skipped oh, to Happy possibly Children? Hall that's the, the gay couple from oh, Halloween I, Kills. But yeah. Well, yeah. they are. They're a trilogy. It's OK. Um, it's yeah. Called, apparently, this, this, this trilogy is called the Halloween Saga. They, they really fought long and hard about uh, putting it, didn't they? Wait a minute, that's just, that's the Star Wars saga, that, isn't it? <laughs> the Halloween universe. Oh, if they if they say that, I'm out of it. Conjuring <laughs> universe, go bollocks. Not the Conjuring universe, go away. I yes. I can't, I can't wait for Doctor Strange to turn up and uh, turn everything upside down and Michael Myers is not who you <laughs> yeah. think it is. It's actually Laura yeah. Strode underneath the mask. Good <laughs> God. Everyone's disappeared into ash. Yes, not that ash. Uh, although you wouldn't mind disappearing into Ash, would you? No, I was going to say, he can come along. So to speak. <laughs> so dirty, Sarah. It's ridiculous. You're Taking this podcast into Pokemon. Weird. <laughs> you, weird people. Oh, he's only 12. Oh, I don't know. La, 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 la. We can cut that bit. Yes. Um, well, you mentioned the um, the podcasters. Yeah, they're a bit weird. I mean, I'm not sure if I like them. They're very British. All the guys. Are they both British? Yeah, they're yeah. cast at Haddonfield. Yes. You're waiting for them to get. I mean, they are there to join the dots and get killed off quite early. How do you not know they're British, Stephen? <laughs> it's clearly obvious because they're in an American film and they're talking. Bloody about hell! There we are. Yes. Yes. Kill off the Brits early on. Get rid of the Deadwood. That's the idea, isn't it? Yes. Not that Deadwood. Yes. It's um. Yeah. I mean, there's things in here. Those guys. I mean, they they do serve the purpose, and I really like actually. I, I think that's a really effective sequence at the asylum at the start. That's a proper kind of. Oh, we're back. You know, that's a proper tension building. Um, we haven't really been properly at the asylum in the Halloween films before. I don't think. Mm. I've forgotten. Something. I like. I like that the beginning bit just before it hits towards the actual opening credits is the provoking of michael to get him to talk by showing him the mask and it's yes it stops of him doing doing his his tom atkins impression but <laughs> but this time shouting about the mask instead <laughs> yeah that's such a great opening yeah yeah i think the anticipation of what's to come is is massive 
And the callbacks to the earlier films, I think, are really good. The It's a very effective, mostly off-camera um, bit with the, the prison transfer that you mentioned, Sarah. Yeah, I was um, then going to say, they don't make a big thing about it. You just know he's going to escape. You don't actually have to show how he actually does it, do you? Because you just know the bus is going to crash and he's yes. going to escape. So, they, yeah, really, they, they really should they, put more security like, on these type of buses. <laughs> they don't try <laughs> to drag it out by, like, concocting... A, a way of showing that because we don't actually need to know because we know that's going to happen yes yeah exactly but it's it's a callback to to a, a scene of um kind of thummy violence in halloween 4 right pete i mean there's a lot yes. of callbacks to the earlier films in this 2018 version perhaps you could take us through some of the many references not just necessarily to the original halloween from the first film or a, a, as in this whole trilogy well, in this one, the 2018, yeah, there's there's a bunch. In this one, particularly, maybe, to me, I seem to remember, there's a whole bunch of um, kind of, oh, you know, echoes. Well, there's the bus one that you just mentioned with the, the part mm. four, and then there's a, there's a few shots specifically, like uh, Michael Myers standing around, yes. kind of umming on. They're, they're very, not quite carbon copy shots of the ones from the 78 Halloween film, but if it gives you that nostalgia kick when you're watching it because you go oh cool they put that bit in it just because yeah. you I mean you could look at it too as you could go well they could have done something original but then it wouldn't be a michael it wouldn't be michael myers film would it if he did that so what yeah. else did you, what else did you spot uh, that's yeah well the things um what you suggested actually there's a couple of really good reversals from two uh two or three maybe of the the great moments in the original like there's a scene where uh, Laurie's granddaughter, played by um, is uh, is her name. Uh, she's she's a, she's quite a likable character in all these three films, but you don't really kind of. I mean, she's not got a lot going on, has she? She's a bit kind of like, oh, it's her. She's back. Yep. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. There's a scene in in this 2018 one where she's looking out the window, at, uh, just like Laurie was in in the classroom oh, yes. in the original. Yeah. And instead of Michael outside, it's Laurie staring back at her. Oh, you know, it's her grandma. And there's another reversal as well, where instead of Michael Myers's body disappearing from a fall from like a balcony or something, it's, it's her. Yeah, it's Laurie. Yeah. So, yeah. so there's some nice kind of. I guess the whole point is a shift in power, the power balance between the two. When you see when you see those two bits in the film like the bit looking out the window and when Laurie comes out the window towards the end, did you just go, well, I know what's going to happen in a minute. Did you <laughs> instantly click that he's like, she's going to stand up in a minute and just disappear. <laughs> yes, which is, yeah. I mean, these uh, clearly the, the cool thing is these, these guys, although not horror guys, as in what they've done before, are clearly fans of the, um, of the original movie at the least, if not maybe the sequels, who knows? But yeah, it's it's all part of the fun. Just the same with even the title font in the opening se- uh, the title mm. sequence, the the font they use. Well, um, all all of these the new pumpkins ones, they mm-hmm. they all use the uh, title font from mm. the respective of the other. Front. So Halloween seventy eight, this one twenty eighteen one uses the same title font as that, and then Halloween Kills uses the same title as the original Halloween two, and then. Halloween Free, even though it hasn't got Michael Myers apart from that one little scene, they use the same title font in Halloween Ends for this that film as well. Yeah, which is really cool. 
and, and you know and it's the same for the stuff that probably you know you have to assume that we we know that typical uh, cinema audience is pretty young you know and we we can probably assume that the typical 2018 cinema audience of you know average age of 20 or whatever or younger mm-hmm. um hasn't probably seen every halloween film before you know they they're aware of it but like friday the 13th this is a brand name and they know they don't have to have watched all the old ones because mm. to a lot of people those movies are indeed old films because they're mm. well, they're at least 40 years old mm. um so yeah so it works it works for us because we've been there and we've seen it um but it doesn't matter if you don't pick up on, on chips, mm. you know and the references including of course in i think it's in this one and possibly kills as well the um the don Mo- the don post halloween mask from season of the witch halloween 3 uh in this as halloween costumes they're they're more mm. in halloween kills than Kill. they are in yes. the first one. yes but they are they do they, they're briefly seen when he first starts walking down the streets mm-hmm. in, in this one but in the second one you see them more prominently and they are great i mean this is a a separate uh commentary or whatever but halloween 3 is a fantastic film the the season of the witch and mm. And of course, interestingly, was always the, you know, the bastard child of this franchise. But in the years, as years go by, a lot more people are, are popping up and say, oh, it's fantastic. Uh, well, same with, same with John Carpenter's The Thing, isn't it? People mm. were crapping on that and then now it's a cult it's classic. classic. Yeah. So. Which, of course, is in Halloween Ends. It as is. A, as a thing yeah. to show your kid when you're babysitting, you know, <laughs> oh. <laughs> which I thought was was a lovely touch. Um, yes. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, so what do we think? So, um, Laurie in H two O, which is your homework, Sarah. You have to go and watch H two O. It's on Netflix, by the way. There's no okay. excuses anymore. Um, I don't what did you send me? Old German. I turned into it's not excuses anymore. German version of Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh God. <laughs> it's possession. It's demonic possession, and there's nothing we can do about it. Yes. Uh, so H two O. Jamie Lee Curtis is, I mean, obviously she's older, but we know that in real life, Jamie Lee Curtis is, I was going to say, spunk, but um, Jamie Lee Curtis is pretty lively. You know, she, although she's 60 something, she's she's very funny and, and lively and and very big on marketing these films and saying how great they are. Um, but in the film she's playing, there's there's no real Jamie Lee Curtis personality in the lorry and especially the 2018 Halloween. Whereas in Halloween H2O, I think you do see a lighter version of the survivor character she's yeah. uh, she's got her problems but she's quite you know it's, it's yeah banter but here she's pretty you know she's stripped down she's a bit mental she's agoraphobic and all of that and she's single her whole life is built around you know lost kind of uh, closeness with her family but her whole life is built around capturing michael myers what, what are your thoughts on this particular incarnation of laurie uh, sarah um yeah she's she's definitely not quite as um crazy as she was in like i remember her from like halloween 2 hmm. yeah she she has a like few moments like breaking down at the family meal and yeah having a bit of a moment then but i think like deep down she actually you know she really cares about her family and she knows that one day michael's going to come back so why would you not like try and have your family you know try and keep them as prepared for something like that as you possibly can and she's obviously tried um it hasn't worked and it's kind of 
like split her and her family apart. And I think deep down she's she's really sad about that and she wants to try and fix it, but she can't because she knows Michael's going to come back and get her. Yeah. The, uh, I think the, the, the usual way of putting it is basically in the, the original Halloween film, she's quite two-dimensional. Mm. There's really much to her as a character itself. You you feel for her, but that's about it. Whereas this one, she's obviously gone through the runger. She's yeah. There's, there's a lot more character depth to her now, and you can sort of see how she's developed and why she's become the way that she is. Because you know, basically everybody's blaming her in Hay- Haydenfield. Everything that's happened is because of her. If she mm. wasn't around, all this stuff wouldn't have happened. Which is you know. Completely bonkers, but in yeah. any of these sort of scenarios, everybody's always looking for somebody to blame. And Michael's not around, so you pick the next best thing, which is her. Yeah. Mm. Yes, and the great thing is how that evolves when we get to well, it's Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends, where her character does shift, but that mm-hmm. same theme of people blaming her for what's happened is very much a part of Halloween Ends, isn't it? So, mm-hmm. which I is do one of the things I like. Yeah, well, that was another thing. It's the kind of um, not Dr. Loomis guy. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm not sure <laughs> about it. You're the new Dr. Loomis. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's an interesting thing, isn't it? Because he was, uh, by obviously there's no such thing in, in the next Halloween films in this run, but he was such a massive part of the other films. And they do include him in H2O, albeit as a kind of voiceover in the opening titles, I think, where it's a, yeah. a Donald Pleasant sound-alike that's mm-hmm. kind of filling in the gaps for people that have just showed up and don't really know the series because Dr. Loomis, you know, he was the star of those other movies and got mm. top billing in all of those Halloween films that he's in over Jamie Lee Curtis in the in the original. Um, yeah, what's your thoughts on uh, whatever it's called, Dr. Gloucester or what, what is that guy's name? He's got a weird name, hasn't he? Yes, yes, very strange. We're all going to go blank on his name. Dr. Crippen. Dr. Sartan. Ah, yes. yeah. That's his name. Dr. Satan. That's <laughs> almost. Satan. Yes. Yes, suspicious. He's a, he's a rum. There's, a, there's, yeah. there's one moment with him that I just I think, what? You know, which is maybe the obvious bit where he briefly puts Michael's mask on and suddenly yeah. turns into a madman. I mean, I, I, yeah, I'm not really on board with I don't really get that. I don't. And he, he's the one that, uh, um, he attacks Frank, doesn't he? So it's not, was it Michael that attacked him to start off with? No, because Frank ran Michael over Yes. with the doctor in the car and then the doctor then attacked Frank, didn't he? Yeah. I presumed with the mask thing, because the, the doctor, he's basically a protege of uh, Dr. Loomis. So he, yeah. he's, he's heard all the tales and he's read about all of Michael Myers's kind of things. And he's been watching Michael for the past 40 years. So he's he's just seen that he's been pretty quiet. He doesn't, he doesn't speak, as we know. <laughs> he, hasn't, he hasn't done anything and hasn't caused any harm or anything, as far as we know, in the uh, prison. So I guess his next stage was maybe the mask is the trigger thing. The thing that mm. sends him off is it it that's the thing that helps him become what he is. So I guess I presume that that was the doctor trying to see through Michael's eyes through the mask. Mm-hmm. By putting the mask on, he could he could kind of see what Michael was was seeing and what might make him feel the way that he does. Mm. 
Yeah, which is which is kind of part of the uh, almost supernatural underneath stuff that this this trilogy flirts with, but eventually mm. seems to just totally get rid of by the end of the last one, because by the end of Halloween ends, oh, spoiler alert, pretty much it's a case of, oh, he's just a man. And I think he, she actually says that out loud. Oh, they say that. They, they say that quite a few things. There's a very irritating line in part two, but I'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I quite like of this quite a good idea. I I think I kind of get why they wanted to have a Loomis-ish person in this. I did think he should um, last a little bit longer, though. Yeah, yeah, it may have well worked if they'd have given him a chance to expand. I mean, it's a very good cast. He's the actor playing him is very good. I think Judy Greer, who's, who's yeah. You know, part of what is, let's face it, the kind of cast you you wouldn't have got in terms of experience in earlier Halloween films when they yeah. they were lower budget and you know, um, but she's very good. Although she didn't have that much screen time, but she kind of really works, and it's quite a shock what happens to her later mm-hmm. on in the next chapter. And we have to say one of the the sweetest and nicest things about this, in a very quiet way actually, and it kind of sneaks up on you, is Will Patton as as the town sheriff. Yeah. Uh, who's a fantastic actor who's been around forever but is particularly lovely I think in these films and uh, uh, yeah I mean he's a great character right Sarah I'm a big fan of Frank yeah I love him yeah they're great him and Laurie yeah and it's and it's it's kind of low-key and, and it does it gets a bit more over in the in the last one as we'll discuss but I think that works he brings some heart to it and it's um I guess more of that small town Americana stuff that was a big part of the original anyway with um, Sheriff uh, Brackett, the Charles yeah. Cypher character, who we may also mention soon as well. We will. Um, yeah, I mean, there's some good stuff in here. I think, I mean, do you think it's scary? I think it's effectively scary. I think there's a really, uh, echoing H2O, there's a really good bit in the, uh, in like the public toilets, which is yeah. very. With very the teeth. Yes, yes, which is quite a, it's a very unnerving moment. Um, As somebody who does like public toilets, just the fact of going into a public toilet is scary enough as it is. Yes, and not alone. I mean, it's it's a scene in H2A, but it's also a scene with, um, God damn it, in Rob Zombie's Halloween with... Um, uh, Sherry Zombie. Ken Forey is having a big old shit. It is Ken Forey, right? Yes. Oh, yeah, yes. He's having a massive dump and um, gets accosted by obviously the brick shit house version of Michael Myers that's in Rob Zombie's uh, uh, genuinely excellent Halloween films. But yeah, so toilets are a thing in these movies, and I think in those scenes and the scene that Sh- uh, Sarah mentioned as well, the um, the killing that kind of extended take killing of that woman in her own home, the movie's genuinely frightening. I think it's it does convince you that this they, is a town under siege you know? yeah and they try they try to not to concentrate too much but they like the the kid characters are pretty good you know you have a, a similar thing going on there's a um one of oh i've forgotten the granddaughter's name allison allison's friends yeah. is baby, babysitting a young lad who they then discover yes. the mice in the house and stuff. That's kind of cool and you know she's she's quite a nice character as well I mean, she's not in it for long she's mm. the dis- babysitter character but i quite liked her um, and the way she tried to protect him and stuff um, and the way they kind of tried to protect each other um oscar's death was pretty grim as well when he's alone in the garden and gets impaled on the fence he's fine 
<laughs> and that that carries on really sweet and um, that's probably one of the deaths that actually kind of it it, it prolongs itself because it, it happens you think it's over and done with pretty quick but they then bring it up again in halloween kills and it's actually quite sweet you know his mother's looking for him and stuff yeah. i like I liked the way they kind of tied that in as well. Um, but yeah, I think the younger characters um, are pretty good. Um, I think some of them are possibly better than Alison. I kind of agree with you on that. I, I do kind of think she's a little bit miscast. Mm. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if she's miscast. I just think they, had, they didn't they need to focus more on, well, rightly so, developing Laurie Strode's character. But yeah. they didn't quite master getting her, right, her. They right. did, mm. I think they did Karen really well you know um, Laurie's daughter I think they did her very well but yeah Alison doesn't good. quite want it quite the same and, and to me she she looks I, was like, I know she's supposed to be a teenager but I was like she looks 35 god damn it <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's yeah, it's tricky isn't it because this is unusual territory for a slasher movie we we don't usually have the whole point of this I, I totally get it is three generations of strode women yeah, it's um, the family dynamic, isn't it? You know, hashtag yeah, me too. Yes. Yeah, same with the other characters as well. I can't oh, I can't remember when then the characters it goes off with his son and ends up getting killed in the house towards the end. That was that he gets pulled up into the loft. Yes, and well there's a really good scene. And and I think I think you're right, you know, those little characters, those incidental characters are in the second one as well, and maybe maybe mm. the third to some degree, are quite entertaining. They they give them a little bit of personality along mm -hmm. the way including some quite comical ones. The kid's quite funny in, in Halloween 2018, um, yeah. which presumably is the Danny McBride kind of comedy uh, yeah. thing coming through very much. And then there's some dialogue as well, which feels like um, almost a bit like some of the Rob Zombie stuff where there's a lot of small talk, um, kind of almost Tarantino stuff where people stop and just talk about sandwiches for a couple of minutes. Yeah, um, I, I find that more <laughs> realistic in the film. Yes, because that's what that's you do. Really, yeah. yeah. Yeah, as a lull in a conversation, you, you, maybe you go to a party and you're you don't know everybody. You go there, you start talking to people, you start getting to know people, and then there's that lull because the, the person that you you went with goes out the room for a bit, and you're sort of like yeah. left trying to come up with something that's a connecting conversation. And if it's sandwiches, then it's sandwiches. That's what you connect. <laughs> that's what you talk about. Entire, yes, exactly. That stuff. That stuff does work quite well, I think. Um, but yeah, otherwise, there's a lot going on. So I think Andy Mershnacker, who plays the granddaughter. Um, Andy Um It's a really unusual <laughs> name. <laughs> it's the internet. Um, I mean, she's, yeah, she's probably quite good. But in yeah. all three, there's too much other stuff going on that she never really has a personality. I mean, you know, there's not much going on. But she's not unlikable. It's just that there's there's too no. much other shit going down, you know. In, yes. in the second one, especially, Jesus Christ! Ah. Um, and the third one, somebody else has showed up who takes a lot of screen time, and they've got to mm -hmm. resolve the lorry thing and find time for Frank. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I, will, I will make a point that this this is the one of the things that, and Stephen's probably caught, picked up on this quite a few times on other social media and other things people going with all these 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 three new halloween films everybody going ah, michael doesn't appear in the films very much does he no <laughs> he, he never did anyway the no, first time he's in like what nine minutes maybe the whole idea yeah so 
the fact that he's they kept that as a as a you know a thing he he appears every now and again mm. that makes you more wanted to carry on watching the film because like anything you keep seeing the monster eventually it doesn't become scary it's just a oh look there you go. you know what's gonna happen now yeah yeah exactly and and the pacing will come to it obviously but the pacing of um halloween ends especially uh i guess is one thing that has riled people up but if you watch the original halloween not a lot happens for about 45 minutes mm. because it is as we've said Michael Myers just watching and yeah, occasionally scaring someone like he scares that kid in the daytime mm-hmm. the the bully kid um because he relishes that stuff you get the impression you don't know and yeah I think that's that's important well, to remember lucky. you know he's not on stage he's, he's he's there in the back he's lurking he's a lurker we do like a lurker yeah I've had a lurker at my back passage a couple of times oh, um so no it's just out of the back yes and so we get to the um the big showdown so compound god bless you um yes i mean this was a big thing because halloween 2018 uh turned up at a time when stuff was going on and you know it's hashtag me too and all that stuff and a big thing was made of you know three generations of final girls um but of course it's not an unusual thing to have a a kind of gathering of strong women in a slasher film all you have to do is look at the original slasher films that came out i mean slumber party massacre which is actually i've rewatched that not that long ago is actually a really clever film and that has a whole gang of them you know that has uh, a a whole the ones that didn't get killed it has a bunch of young women that uh, gang up on the driller killer embarrass him by lopping off his massively long drill bit and it becomes a very small drill okay. bit that film has that great poster doesn't it <laughs> With the behind between the legs, <laughs> yes, and you know, and people. Uh, I mean, this this movie is very good. I do like this film a lot. But you know, this this film for some, the people that liked it, for some, it's kind of revolutionary. Oh yeah, it's almost it's like a feminist slash film. No, we've been there already. It's okay. We did this forty years ago. Don't worry. We've done the strong women thing. Horror was doing it a long time ago, long before this. Just because there's three of them and they're all related doesn't really change it. Um, but yes, you're right. Slumber Party Massacre is a really cool film and it, it's also very self-aware long before scream oh yes that said i think this does it quite well i mean it's it's tricky because you know again it, it can be a bit cluttered because you've got three characters to to track but i think the finale is quite effective um judy greer especially is really good as you said sarah jamie lee curtis we know is very good because she's mm. always been good and and i think you know the big showdown in this to me is is really well done i mean what's your thoughts on the the old finale sarah yeah i agree it's really good um i love how um laurie's kitted out her house as well yes having the little basement like little celery bit underneath the um kitchen counter is great <laughs> yeah yeah no she's put a lot of thought into turning her house into a massive trap and how it's all going to end knowing that he's eventually going to come there and yeah i agree i think there's some really good moments especially with the daughter hmm. she, she pulls that massive like um kind of bluff on michael to get him to come out as soon as she sees him and then laurie appears behind him again yeah. Alison doesn't do a lot no oh well, andy mushroom 
Yeah, no, she doesn't. She doesn't do a lot. I think she gets to like kind Happy of fly cat. Something. <laughs> That's her name. She can't help it. It's what she was born with. Animal <laughs> yeah, cat. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, give it a name and live with it. It is a great sequence, and you do actually think, you know, well done them. They finally done it. They've trapped him. They're going to set the house on fire. Yes, and it, it convinces you. I think because I, I, I think possibly like all. All two of you, all of us, um, all two of us, which is a lot to keep up with. I, I watched this in the cinema as I did with all three of these movies, and in the cinema, even though I kind of know it'd be really shocking if Jamie Lee dies, but I was still caught up, and I still thought, well, anything can happen. You know, this has really got me. This is actually like, oh, you know, there's three of them. Are they going to bump off one of them, or mm. they have the balls to do this or that? Yeah. yeah. It's uh, it's very effective, and, and it's an extension, I suppose. It's kind of what the Laurie's house is. What I imagine a uh, a Laurie or a kind of twenty eighteen age version of Nancy Thompson from Elm Street would have, because she was big <laughs> on anti personnel devices and uh, home home improvements. Not home improvements. Yeah. What's the other word for uh, traps? <laughs> yeah, and I like that. She even buys a book at one stage, which I think is literally called, you know, essentially how to trap a undead slasher in your home or possibly not um yeah what's, what do you think about the final showdown pete i quite like the final showdown though there is an element in the house which i thought <laughs> well you did you thought all this out very well you know having these these shut down blinder uh blinds coming down for each room you saw which i thought was a really good smart idea is Instead of just happening like, that the door's wide open and Michael could appear. Well, he can't appear now because he can't come from the yeah. room because the shot's coming. <laughs> there, there was this bit in it. I was like, oh, this is really smart ideas, the way you, you set up your house in your compound. There's one bit I went, well, that's a bit stupid. She has a wooden door with two glass panels down the front. She has all these locks down the side of the door. You know, padlocks and bolts and everything. <laughs> people forget it. She has this crossbar that goes across the two glass windows, and I look at it again. Why would you do that? Yeah, you're <laughs> you're trying to secure you secured your house with God knows what else, barbed wire, razor wire, mines, and gone both have a sentry gun out there as well. And then you've got glass door. Why do you <laughs> think about getting that rid of that? It's the aesthetic thing, you know. You've got to have something. It looks stupid. It the light. <laughs> you tell her that. Keeps it bright and airy. <laughs> uh, well i think she should have thought about it better and she got herself yeah. in her own problem she sorted yeah out. only got herself to blame exactly <laughs> she if she sorted out that window she wouldn't have burned down her house would she i think she, yeah. like she might might have slightly overspent on the um kitchen counter <laughs> she what might have run out I would so want that in my kitchen. That would be it's cool. Ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah, I know. Yeah, oh, maybe she maybe she spent on the kitchen counter, and that was the only door she could afford at the time. <laughs> She's like, damn, glass panels. <laughs> I'll get some bits of wood to fall down uh, in front of it. Ev evidently, that was the only one that picked up on that and thought it was a bit stupid. Oh, you know me, not observant, really. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's all really good, isn't it? Um, yeah, that that's that's kind of it, isn't it? You kind of think, right? Okay, so Michael's been burnt alive, allegedly, in the cellar of the house. And oh and no, no, crispy. that was the other that was the other thing when they shown that metal draw down thing, and with the guns in it, I was like, you're holding, yeah. you're holding the camera on that bit too long. That's coming into use later. <laughs> Hang on a minute. 
<laughs> yes, which which is the same actually when we get to um, Halloween Ends, where there's a a slightly lingering shot on that industrial shredder thing. Like, hmm. Yes. I wonder if that will take part in any form of the film's finale. I mean, could yes, that possibly I mean, make a reappearance. I don't mind link certain lingering shots in in films, but when it's like the holding a shot specifically on something, and you're like, hmm. that seems very non-sequential to most people. <laughs> but as as somebody who's seen hundreds, if not thousands, of horror films, you say well, that's <laughs> I mean, that's kind of come handy later. <laughs> like the Michael yeah. Last House. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. The <laughs> yes. Yeah. The... <laughs> And there's a bunch of slasher movies. About microwaves? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seems to know an awful lot about them. Yes, <laughs> which is, is still part of the fun. Yeah, no, it's a good movie. Nice that they brought back old uh, Nick Castle. Nick Castle. Yep, yeah. who's, you know, who's been there from the beginning. Um, it's a shame Donald Pleasance couldn't have, you know, lived a bit longer. I mean, he'd be about no, 100. He's in Halloween Girls. He's, oh yeah! Oh well, we'll come to that. Yes, that's a very good talking point. I, so, I love, I love the fact that they brought him back for that. That's amazing. <laughs> Me too. Necromancy has come a long way. Uh, oh, what about the score? I mean, for all of these, we should say that. Uh, Not very original, is it? I <laughs> copied the first one. <laughs> no, I think you'll find they've changed the. Um, John Carpenter. Key in there. <laughs> he's back. John Carpenter. <laughs> he loves his keyboard, uh, <laughs> and he's working with his son Cody and Daniel Davies. And I actually think, I mean, the, obviously, it's the yeah, 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 one for one and all for one. Musker hands yes. are always good. Um, it's the theme is back, which they stole from Dog Tanyan. Um, and Even though Dog Tanyan came afterwards. But that's, that's, that's <laughs> yeah, They went forward in time. Uh, you know, John Carpenter's got a time machine. They used the Bill and Ted's phone booth to change it. <laughs> but there are some, I mean, all the way through, I mean, it may just be me that listens to these in isolation on Spotify later on, but all the way through, there are some pretty fine new new cues in there, as well as the yeah. expected variations on the yada da 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 theme tune, um, which is cool. I think they do a good job. I think, I mean, in the cinema, especially these these movies sound tremendous. And of course, it, it still works. That theme tune is. Yeah. It's kind of timeless and yes you know um i did i did notice that when i went to watch the the third one the other day i was sort of watching some of the other people as they were sitting down and it came into the, the touch of music hitting and that and they sort of see their their body language change and i say that that thing to matter if you if this is only the first halloween film scene maybe you haven't seen any halloween films, but you know yes. that song you know what it's from yeah 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 exactly it's one of the things, uh, I mean, watching John Carpenter films when I was a small boy in the 80s, he was like the first time I realised what I suppose a director was, because I was like, well, these films all kind of look the same. They're John Carpenter films. I mean, admittedly, <laughs> they have John Carpenter's Halloween at the start, but still. And it's his name at the beginning. <laughs> the, yeah, that gave it away. But the music, and I, I kind of twigged, it's, he's doing the music. It's Dan, 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 Dan. It's Dog Tanyan um, <laughs> from the future. But yes, uh, it's tremendous. And it's great to think that, you know, whether they've seen the old ones or not, that this is kind of, it obviously has, because they've made a lot of money and people mm -hmm. have come back for the sequels. But it will work in every generation when we're long dead, which will obviously what, be in a hundred years' was, time. What was your two's, well, the two things I was going to I like the way that they made sure that Michael's mask was aged. I did like that. Yeah, it's fantastic. 
Yes, yeah. I, I love the age look. I also like the fact with all three of these, you never see his face because that's something that people always wanted to see in all the. You, you kind of you can see it briefly in the very very first one, but cleverly, the, yes, yeah. But you you don't see his face properly in any of these ones. You see little glimpses of it. Yeah, you know his age, but that's it. You don't see anything yeah. else. Which I like the fact that. that. But the thing I was going to ask, what did you think when Judy Greer walked up the steps at the end of the first one? And then she sort of stares out the window. With, she has this look on her face about after uh, killing Michael. Oh, I can't remember. <laughs> I don't remember that. Bit. Or was that the second one? Might be the second one. Oh, maybe. Um... Yeah, I'm trying to think as well. What? 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 What do you think, Pete? Maybe it's in Halloween. It might be in Halloween Kills. But there's okay. a bit. There's a bit where. Uh, they all think, yeah, it is Halloween kills because they, they, uh, uh, yeah, we'll come, we'll come back to that in a minute then. Okay. Uh, yeah. Spoiler alert for later. <laughs> no one will ever know. Yes. Ah, oh, fantastic. No, no, it's all good. Um, and of course, well, I think the, I think Halloween kills was intended to be coming out, not in that way, in 2020, but then the plague and yeah. so it came out in 2021 for Halloween. Mm-hmm. And was the first one to, uh, to kind of stream at the same time, but it was a big hit, as we've uh, discovered. Horror is still very big, even at a time when less people are maybe going to the cinema, especially back in the plague days. Yeah. Halloween kills. So the middle part, the the middle part that when it came out wasn't universally liked. The same is true of Halloween ends. I mean, I think Halloween twenty eighteen, although. I can think of quite a few people that disliked it. Seemed mm-hmm. to generally have good reviews, you know, yes. made a huge amount of money and uh, truly revived the series. For a lot of people, it was, you know, it was a return to what Halloween should have been. A lot of people didn't like the Rob Zombie film, so they thought this was, you know, yep, yeah, he's back kind of thing. Halloween Kills was very divisive. I mean, it's, um, it is a, I mean, I think. This is this is my favourite of the three, actually. This is brutal. This is um, relentless and grim and easily the nastiest, definitely the nastiest non-Rob Zombie Halloween film in terms of... Oh, yeah. Horror. It's definitely more the most graphic in violence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, body count is massive. Um, it doesn't lose the humour of, um, of Halloween 2018. It also doesn't lose the kind of human sort of, uh, warmth. I mean, I think the lorry in this version is is kind of although she's heavily wounded and all that kind of stuff. She's in hospital, just like the Laurie of Halloween 2, which doesn't exist yeah. in this timeline. Um, yeah, and that, the Laurie that, that of... bit made me laugh. <laughs> that, we're we're going to ignore everything from the after the original Halloween. Oh, look, we're going to use that plot device from the second one. And, <laughs> <laughs> and Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yes, exactly. Um and yeah, there's a whole bunch of stuff that's happening here. So, I mean, this is the like, wow, let's get the gang all together again. You are. So, uh, Nancy yeah, Stevens. That was, that was a very irritating bit. <laughs> Nancy Stevens is back as Nurse Marion, who was in the first two. Obviously, yeah. this one doesn't take into account the second one. She was back in Halloween H2O and killed in H2O. Uh-huh. But this film doesn't take into account H2O. So she's back. Um, Charles, <laughs> she's back again and she's alive. Charles Cyphers as Sheriff Brackett was also in the original Halloween 2, where there's a quite powerful scene where he realises his daughter, um, Annie, is dead. And mm-hmm. and uh, he's back for this. 
pretty much unaffected because his role in Halloween 2, the original Halloween 2, is pretty limited. Um, impressively, Kyle Richards is back as Lindsay Wallace, who was only in the original, I think, yeah. Um, yeah. as the babysat uh, little girl. And <laughs> Anthony Michael Hall, uh, who I know as Thingy Griswold from the National Lampoon's um, yes. vacation, possibly not Christmas vacation, definitely European. Is he? Is he He's young not... Griswold in yeah. the first Vacation movie? Yes. Got it. And he's also the bastard in Edward Scissorhands. God damn it, he's such a bully in that. <laughs> and he grew up, like Anthony Michael Hall, who's such a dweeby little git in National Lampoon's European Vacation. When it comes to Edward Scissorhands, made maybe five years later, he's this beefy bastard. What happened? What was he eating in the 80s? Please, steroids. That's a question. Yes, steroids. That's it. And probably a lot of cock. Yes, so he's back, but he well, he's not back. He's here for the first time as Tommy Doyle, but he's not the Tommy Doyle that Paul Rudd, Ant-Man, played quite badly in Halloween Curse of Michael Myers number six. So, yeah, just thought I'd clear that up. So Tommy Doyle's back, everyone's back, and Pete, wouldn't you know it, through the power of the Necronomicon, in a prologue, Going back to 1978, Donald Pleasance lives. He's back. <laughs> For a minute, I mean, there was a point when I was watching the cinema, I was like, no, what? What is that? Is that CGI? <laughs> it's makeup. I, I checked. It's makeup. It is. It's really good. It's impressive. Yes. It's not Moff Tarkin in Rogue One, where it's like, oh, Peter Cushing. Oh, oh, God. What's happened to his eyes? His eyes. <laughs> back of his head's quite good. <laughs> Yes, tell us, uh, open us up, not in that way. Tell us about the preamble of Halloween Kills aka H2, H14. Halloween Kills 2, H2O, not Rob Zombie 2. Water, Halloween Water. Halloween Water, oh, okay. So basically, let's be honest, with most of the Halloween films, there isn't a lot of stuff to say about it without giving too much stuff because you know, most people know what it's going to be it's going to be a stalking killing type of movie you know that michael's going to come back and he's going to kill everybody so we'll just we'll just jump into this and go basically everybody thinks that michael is finally dead laurie who is basically lying in bed for the majority of the film Lazy. thinks that michael thinks michael is dead her daughter's keeping it secret that Michael is actually a, still alive because he survived the fire in a unique way, which I thought was quite smart. After a massive killing spree at the beginning of the film where he kills all those firefighters. Oh, that's amazing. It's, yeah, it's awesome. There's some really cool camera angle, angles in that way. You, yes. They, they basically, basically they put the, the fireman's mask over the top of the camera to do the shot, but it looks, it looks cool. So mm. Michael's back out of the fire and he's back on his stalking ways hunting down obviously laurie and the rest of her family but he must sense that there's other people still about from his past so he starts to hunt them down as well but he's also got uh there's a men another person from the mental institute that michael picked from who people think is the michael myers character so they're all hunting him down so they're they're all hunting him down while michael myers is actually hunting down the other people which is kind of amusing but there is there is some elements in the second one which i watching it again i i can see why people did find this kind of irritating in the cinema 
the line that I I can pretty much guarantee most people would find irritating is evil dies tonight. Yeah. <laughs> because there's a 10 minute sequence where somebody says a line, you think that's a bit cheesy when they say it. I think it's Tommy Doyle says it. He says it. Yeah. And, then, and then there's a, there's a, there's like a 10 minute sequence where everybody could be talking about the washing up or cutting the grass. But you know what's going to happen tonight? Evil will die tonight. What the fuck's <laughs> that you're just talking about? <laughs> everybody says, I know, I know they're trying to entice a mob mentality because all the mob mentality people start saying it after a bit. But it's the fact that everybody's saying this line and it's in such a weird way. It's like, that seems really stupid. <laughs> What did you two think of that bit? I agree. It's it's cheesy and annoying, but that yeah. whole the whole the whole bit is batshit crazy. That whole bit is is like absolutely nuts. It's like Michael's kind of a side note. Yes. Let's concentrate on hunting this poor little guy down in this in this hospital room. That you can just, you just know that it's not Michael Myers. You know Tommy should know that, but he's dead set on going after him. You should know that that is definitely not him, even though like um, Karen is like screaming at them to stop. It's not him. Yeah. But remember, evil dies tonight. But it's not him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah, they basically just forced this guy to commit suicide by jumping out the window. It's actually quite sad. You feel sorry for the poor little escaped mental patient. Who? Where the hell did the rest of them go? Yeah, I think Michael killed the majority of them, and they do. They do make a brief moment. I think it's. I think it's pretty much at the beginning of Halloween Kills that they say, um, the sheriff does say, "We what happened to the rest of them?" And he says, "Well, we we caught three of them chasing butterflies uh, down the road." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember something about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, what did you think of the evil dice tonight bit, Stephen? Because I think that's the bit that most people would find mostly annoying there's never a bit as well but i think that's the main bit that people find a bit irritating <laughs> well I, I actually love it i think that's because this is my favorite of the three you're one of them well yes actually but yeah <laughs> and, and I, I do reckon i mean i think that's a powerful moment where well, <laughs> distractingly my friend uh who who loves these films as well refers to that other mental patient as danny devito's retarded twin brother um <laughs> And while I recognise, <laughs> oh, phew, sorry, Danny DeVito, oh, Danny DeVito is bad. Oh, well, anyway, um, he's so little, isn't he? Yes, uh, but and I think that's a powerful sequence where he gets hounded and like, yeah. Oh, that's it. That bit's, bit's fine. It's just the that ten minute sequence where they're all saying that evil dies tonight bit. Like, stupid. I love the angry, but I love the fact that this is the Donald Trump version of Haddonfield. You know, make Haddonfield great again. This is that basically, and it fits because. <laughs> Although it was coincidental, I think, because... There's always one, Sarah. There's always one. Actually, <laughs> but it is. It's fantastic. Because it, I mean, I think it's this is a coincidence, because the, as far as my, my understanding is, this was completed in time for Halloween 2020. But yes. given that this came out in the year that Donald Trump um, managed to stir up a mob to um, storm the Capitol building in America, I think this is exactly the Halloween film that you know belongs to 2021 um, i love those scenes and my favorite scenes from earlier halloween films are kind of similar like i love the bit in halloween 2 the other one the original one where the myers house is under attack because haddonfield has gone batshit and you know uh, i think loomis refers to them as a tribe you know one of them one of their number was killed and they they want revenge and in halloween 4 where the beer bellies um you know the the local pub guys 
Um, because the, the you know, as usual, the sheriff's fucking useless. You know, the police are doing shit all or are dead. So the uh, the local kind of rednecks go out and try to kill Michael, but accidentally start killing each other. You know, fuck. Oh, that's Jim. That's Jim Harper. <laughs> um, you've killed Jim. Um, and in this, it takes it to the natural end. You know, America we know is descending to stupidity to a large degree because of uh, right wing, the rise of the right wing. Not just America here as well, obviously. Um. And I think these scenes are fantastic. I love the idea that this mob is gathering. It's it's not subtle, but then there's not really any time for subtlety in the world we live in, you know, where it's all gone to shit anyway. And violence begets violence, you know. Michael's killing people, but this bunch of bozos are going to do the same because they're all, you know, batshit bonkers. Um, and Anthony Michael, I mean, it is, it's it's very one note. Anthony Michael Hall's performance is shouty McGraw, but I think it works. I, I just like it. I think it's <laughs> it's the Donald Trump version of Hatton Field. It's, yeah. The the bit before that, when when um, Michael gets um, the uh, middle-aged lady, uh, the married couple and the oh. young lady in the car at the playground is is really good. Scary. Yeah. There's some, oh, it's, there's some fantastic kills. Uh, it's totally what I love about it is heartless. It's you know completely heartless. Mm. Everybody's fair game. I really love the gay couple you mentioned earlier, Sarah, yeah. Big Big John and Little John. They're genuinely yeah. lovable and funny. Yeah. And it's a, it's painful to see them kill because they could inhabit a different sequel where they actually survive for much of the film, and it would be great mm-hmm. to spend more time with them. Um, what is yeah. this with the light yeah. thing? The big light bulb thing? What, is that this one? She gets it in her bulb. mouth. So to speak. Yes, they he turns one of them into a jack o' lantern. Yeah, that's very good. I like that too. What did you both think of them bringing in characters from the very first film? Like, so, yeah, I liked the generations as well. You know, them having their kids and stuff and trying to protect well, their kids. the generation thing. It's more the we're gonna. To me, it's it's another one of them cheap nostalgia type things mm. you know these characters from this film so we're going to slide them in but mm. they seemed kind of to me i was watching it i get why they're there because they're part of hayden haddonfield and whatever but they did seem kind of out of place they kind of <laughs> went kind of went like little chess pieces they kind of like here here they are you recognize them they might not last very long but here they are anyway that's yeah, how she, i see them yeah she was the dinner lady <laughs> at, at the school remember hello thing. yeah Oh yeah, you remember that she was in? She was in the first one for like two seconds. Oh okay. It's because it's, it's, it's Tommy Doyle's. It's Tommy Doyle's little speech at the Halloween. Uh, yeah. Oh, like, ah, you, many of you might not remember me, but I was yes. that little boy. That's Troy yeah. McClure from This is The Simpsons. <laughs> you, you may you, remember me from such films as Bikini you, Blanket Bingo. You, you're telling me that you've lived here for 40 years ever since the murders and none of these people that's in this room at this moment know who you are. <laughs> better clarify. <laughs> yeah, it's it's I mean it's it's very cute. And it, and as a fan of those early Carpenter films, there's something well it's entire I mean it will mean shit all to teenagers watching this in 2020 or 21. But to see Charles Cyphers, who of course would turn up in all those early John Carpenter films, oh, it's Charles Cyphers. Mm-hmm. He's, he's mm. the weatherman in the fog, and you know. No, he was he was the only one that I went. Yeah, that makes sense. He's, he's looking. He's looking he's old. Yeah, he's retired. A, yeah, he's retired from being a police officer. He's now just a security guard. Yeah. yeah. That uh, that one I didn't I didn't seem that bored about. But it was the look. This is the nurse. Oh, look. 
this is the babysitter. Oh, look, this is the boy that was. Yeah, what the hell? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, Lonnie. Yeah. It's Lonnie. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's pretty in Halloween ends. They, they still have Lindsay Wallace, but she has nothing to do. She's only there because, well, I was in the previous one. So I thought I'd show up. Hello. <laughs> it's me. I'm for the original. <laughs> I don't know what I did in those four years, but I'm back. Yes. Yes, that's very shoehorned. That is the Simpsons episode where every character turns up yeah. to, sh- to say their catchphrase. You know? I, I was, I was hey having, everybody. I was having this conversation the other day with someone about um, basically nostalgia pops in in movies, and I know Stephen doesn't like the Jurassic, the third Jurassic World film, but oh. there's there's nostalgia kicks in that with they, and they do do it in Halloween Ends as well, where they do a, a purpose nostalgia kick where they put on the clothes that you recognize from that film so like in jurassic world you get jeff goldblum's wearing all this leather stuff that you recognize from the film halloween ends jamie lee curtis has to wear in her final sequence she has to wear exactly the same sort of clothes she was wearing when she was fighting michael in the very first halloween film mm. let's give you that mm. nostalgia kick because you go oh la, 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 that's good isn't it but i just look at it that's a bit cheap i get why they're doing it but it's very cheap yeah, they could, they could do something more. Yeah, if if you if you can't write something that's not going to be a good plot device or people will like the character, it seems a very cheap way to kind of mar people's visions of it. It's it's that uh, beer goggles kind of effect. Mm. And and again, I genuinely believe at least half the audience won't even notice because they wouldn't have. If no, I've seen it. They may have seen it on their phone or something, but you know, it's it's they might it's, not have gone, Oh, it's she's for wearing... the nerds, yeah, 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 or for the old, you know, for the people that were there for the original bunch. Nerds no, I'm not. Nerds, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I did like seeing Charles Cyphers. Um, you know, Lindsay Wallace can go and do whatever she wants, but Charles Cyphers was that say. was the other thing I thought was quite funny is uh, in the Friday the 13th, later Friday the 13th films, you have a, a, a bit where. A character called Tommy is hunting down Jason Voorhees. In this one, we have a character called Tommy that's hunting down Michael Myers. Yeah. <laughs> it would make me chuckle. I think this should be a spin-off. Tommy versus Tommy. Tommy Jarb. Go Tommy I reckon, Jarvis. I reckon the next I might learn out tree film when they do another one. I reckon they should have a Tommy character in that as well. Just for the sake of it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Tommy. Tommy. Tommy Lee Jones. He could show yes. up. I mean, that's obviously a real person, but. There's not other yeah, Tommy, Tommy Lee Jones versus Tommy Lee. That could be a very different movie. Yes. Let's do it. Let's make that film, actually. I'll see if he's free, actually. I've got him on the speed dial, which all the kids have these days. Yeah. Did, did you two find anything irritating about the second one? I can see why people found this second. I, I don't mind it. There is elements of it. I think that's a, bit, that's a bit stupid. But I can see why people didn't enjoy this one. And I can see why people didn't enjoy the third one, which we'll come to in a bit. But was there any bits in this second one that you both kind of went, huh? I love it. I think it's great. I think it moves. It's got all the eye gouging stuff. I read some reviews, including by fans, that seemed to suggest this was too violent. I mean, yeah, it's just a bunch of killing. Yeah, what the fuck else did you expect? It's Halloween 12. <laughs> uh, I guess if. If they're fans of the van fans, they've watched all the Hall- all of the Halloween films and they've seen uh, watching it 
as a Michael Myers type film, yes, you would say it's more violent. But as Stephen said earlier, things have changed. You need something to be snappy in a film to keep people watching. You can't. You can still do a film like the original Halloween, but you need to add elements in it to keep people's interest because people will just kind of go, eh, seen that, been there, done that. Whereas this sort of thing, you can kind of chuck it in there. And I kind of also looked at it as Michael's, you know, he's been locked up for 40 years and he hasn't mm. done anything. He got, his, he, got, he got his first taste again in 2018 and now he's revving it up a bit. That's yeah. how I've seen it. Yeah. And, it's really, and we, we know, don't we? We know that like times change. We know that Hitchcock, if he made Psycho um, in 2020, he would shovel the gore in there. You know, Hitchcock got away with as much as he could in 1960. Yes. He would have shown boobs and he would have had nudity in the shower scene. And I reckon they would have had Vince Vaughn as cum the, shots. Uh, as yeah. That would be a great casting. Vince, he would have had Vince Vaughn, you know, <laughs> joshing himself off senseless. <laughs> I can still never forget those sounds. <laughs> I watched that in the cinema. Tell me, Stephen, when you sleep at night, do you still hear Vince Vaughn jacking off? The terrible squishing <laughs> off his cock. <laughs> that could be the new remake, the squishing of his cock, starring his cock, Anthony Hopkins. Jodie Foster as back as Clarice Starling. I can still hear the cock squishing. <laughs> oh, I've gone now. The way it jizzed in the night. <laughs> I wonder if multiple makes are still available for appearance. <laughs> That's what I'm that's multiple makes in the next cell. Oh dear. <laughs> I don't know what my point was. Yes. Yeah, no, absolutely. Times change. So, you know, yeah, it's it would be foolish to assume that uh, you know, if they could have shown more gore in the films that we kind of celebrate for being quite restrained, they probably would have done mm -hmm. because the audience would have demanded it because certain standards are set. So this movie, as you suggest, is following the big franchises of recent times that have gone all out there. You know, the Saw movies were huge. Um, the Rob Zombie Halloween films were really brutal and made yeah. a lot of money. Um, so, yeah, it's just kind of how it is. And even the Friday the 13th remake is, is vicious in a way that the older movies weren't, because that's just yeah. kind of 21st century horror. It's harsher. It's, it's kind of bleaker. Um, it's not just a quick stab and they're down. It's more suffering. Well, have think, a, having yeah. a bit of a throwback to last episode, episode 32, when we talked about The Last House on the Left, oh, yeah. look at our contrast between those two films. There's mm. different ways of showing violence. Mm. There's a, you know, there's a, you, can show it, you can show it all, or you can do more of a psychological element of it. Or yeah. you can kind of tie them both together in a way that's not too degrading, but also people can still watch the film and not kind of go, eh. you know, it's, it's, it's a popcorn film. It's, it's a film you can put on the background. Yeah. Yes, indeed. And this, I mean, this is, you know, I don't, this is uh, quite powerful. I think, I think the, the violence does have a, a real impact. I think it's really quite shocking when Judy Greer is killed at mm. the end. Um, because she's a, a likable character and it shows that, well, actually, I kind of think almost anything can happen in this particular run. Um, and likable people, nice people die. Like, I didn't want Big John and Little, unusually for a slasher film where you're usually just kind of ticking them off. Oh, there goes the, you know, the 
the sexist jock he's finally been killed thank god for that but you know the the couple and the sweary old couple that are in it as well <laughs> in a short time they're kind of likable and you know oh, you know this is having some kind of impact um what did you being... uh what did you take from judy greer's ending bit where they go they all kind of figured that michael's dead and that's it he's done finished he's been you know at the end of the film basically the mob gets hold of him and kicks the living shit out of him oh that's a great secret it is a great thing but everybody presumes he's dead and then she just sort of she has this look in her in her on her face where she's like like kind of traumatized but kind of hypnotic as well where she walks up the stairs and she stares out the window the same window that michael always stared out of mm. what did you yes. get from that well, well, obviously, Michael, Mike, as we know, Michael p- appears like about 10 seconds afterwards and, and kills her. But there's that brief moment where she's looking out the window. Do you think of anything? Well, it's, isn't that all part of the thing that they that they don't ever really commit to, which is the sense of this is this is slightly beyond that just bloody another window. That, <laughs> that window. I should get that painted as well. He's probably, he's probably, he's probably looking at it and go, bloody cold, the window. Double glazing. <laughs> that's, all he's, that's all he was thinking. And he suddenly just snapped because he was cold. Spent 15 years looking at that window thinking, double glazing? That's <laughs> all it needed. What century is this town in? <laughs> uh, they don't even have a co-op. Yeah, no, that's, it's, surely it's all part of that that kind of underlying stuff, which I thought I always thought, especially the way Halloween Kills ends generally, with the, the lorry voiceover and everything, that it was going down the more supernatural route. It was going to actually explore that. And, oh yes, and Halloween ends doesn't commit to that, but it doesn't. It doesn't totally write it. Well, I suppose it does actually by the end because she says it's you're just a man or whatever it is. Um, but maybe that's a good idea not to commit to that. Maybe you know we can make up our own minds as to whether we think there's something more going on beyond than just an insane person, mm. or whether there is a sense that evil itself, which is hinted at in Halloween ends quite strongly, that evil can actually infect a town. Or if something bad happens, it can leave an almost supernatural kind of aura yeah. that drives other people to either act of violence or or insanity, or maybe something in that look that she has in that film. Um, well, if you think it's quite interesting, you think of it in a in a real life scenario, Ed Gein, you know, he killed several people. The town that he killed people in. His gravestone is quite easy to find, but everybody still in that town does not tell anybody that comes. Because you get the people that want to go find where his grave is and want to go see it kind of thing. People still don't say where his grave is. Mm. Even though they've been there for years, they know exactly where it is. But they don't want the gore hounds coming out, basically. So this is for them scenarios. Yeah, because to say it means... Yeah. It's real. Mm. Which is, yeah, well, you know, how do you adjust to something like i mean the interesting thing is these films unfold in a a version of halloween where only the original stuff happened so haddonfield only had its original rampage in 1978 you didn't have the <laughs> the many comebacks oh i'm back <laughs> and i'm i'm related to everybody and i'm out to get my niece this time it's it's only from a single night of mm-hmm. horror in 1978 that these films work on which some have used as a, as a means of criticising. Oh, you know, it doesn't make any sense if if he only killed a few people on one night 40 years ago, rather than lots of people on lots of Halloween nights over the last 40 years. Why why does a mob form? Well, 
I don't think it takes that much in modern society to actually create a mob. No, Obviously, not, it's not exaggerated. To if you entice things, no. Yeah, if you've got one guy, well, we've seen how many times have we seen one charismatic man, whether it's Adolf or Donald, that manages to stir up not just a mob, but uh, half the country. You know, yes. it's it's what happens. It's fascism. You know, it's all of that. Um, so yeah, no, it's it's a fast. These movies are are really interesting. I think, um, and it's beyond. I suppose John Carpenter's re John Carpenter's not pretentious in any way. He's his thing was you know, an anonymous killer randomly shows up fifteen years after killing his sister. Laurie wasn't related to him or anything. The originally it was just a you know per chance that she got in his way. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think these films do do interesting things, but still work as a slasher film. You know, which is... you want to say anything about this this one, Sarah? Um, yeah, well, I, I totally agree. It could have gone like one or two ways, and it kind of chose to go probably the in the best way by going absolutely batshit crazy with the violence and the mobs and the craziness and stuff, um, but. Um, the thing I think the thing that annoyed me a little bit was the ending because you know I mean how many times can that guy get stabbed and you know he gets like a pitchfork in his back and just, you know he's not dead and I think like the look in like Karen's eye when she's looking in the windows that she knows that he's not dead and he's going to come back and get her see everybody's going to have a different uh, take on the window thing hmm yeah, the wind the, the window gets used quite a lot in the, this trilogy. Yeah. But it could, could be like a paranormal type thing. You kind of like I, I quite like like the little hints at it. You know, they're not gone really stupid with this trilogy on that. Like like you say, you know, in Halloween ends and stuff, it goes into a little bit more detail about it. It kind of goes a little bit squiffy at times, but those two kind of keep that element like squashed down quite a lot and just go for the like serial killer violent stuff but yeah I, I really i actually really liked halloween kills i thought it was really good mm. as a follow-up from it and for some reason i was being a little bit thick but i didn't actually realize it was a direct follow-on from the 2018 one at the time and then when it picked straight off after that i was like oh okay yeah this makes perfect sense and not yeah. really thinking in my brain that you know it does the same in the originals mm. yeah yeah it's a great moment in the original halloween 2 isn't it where it picks off exactly where the last, which almost yeah. never happens in slasher films or, or yeah. horror franchises. And it does a really good job. And it's like, wow. And you get a sense of Haddonfield right after what we just saw in the first one. Um, yeah, I, I like the, the way the really two cool. together. And I do, like, yeah, I think all three of us have moments where we're like, did that happen in Halloween Kills or was it in Halloween? We've all done that throughout mm. this. this yeah, they, they do. Because they, they all tie up reasonably well they do yeah. kind of blur into each other there is i do like this the scene where michael steps out of the burning building yeah, yeah. And, and all the firefighters look at go what the fuck yeah because <laughs> <laughs> you would yeah you see this massive house on fire and you see people coming going in and nobody coming back out and only just one guy comes out yeah like, what the hell yeah listen yeah some great visuals in these movies it's, it's a very impressive yeah. images the great looking films actually yeah okay ah. so that's that's it for halloween kills then should we jump mm. on to um it 
Oh, I mean Halloween three. Yes. Three more days to Halloween. Yes, Michael Myers is sitting in the sewers with Pennywise in this one. True, <laughs> Georgie. Yes, he's back. No, he's not yeah. back. He doesn't show up for a while. Yes. Ooh. Oh, what? Michael Myers is not in a Halloween film. What the hell? Cut to fan. Oh, what, what, a lazy, what a lazy oh. serial killer. Can't, oh, even, can't even commit to killing people anymore. <laughs> wow. This is I like this a lot. The more I think about Halloween ends, the more I like it, actually. And it is, strangely enough, it is not, not uh, that uh, far from Season of the Witch in the sense of Michael Myers is pretty much incidental for most of it. Uh, has the same font um it has uh the balls to kill off a kid in fact in the very first sequence it kills off a child I love that ever sequence. Sequence, yes the um, first thing everyone said is that the opening sequence is brilliant it's outstanding and it's and it's saying you know because of course you it's in this very opening sequence this extended suspense is very well done in this massive house obviously on the posh part of Haddonfield um mm with the incredible staircase and you're you're just assuming Michael Myers is eventually going to show up in that sequence yeah. and he's uh the babysitter um what's his name Corey mm-hmm. uh is uh is showing the guy the um the classic horror moments from the thing and then of course something extraordinary happens you're like oh fuck this movie's not going to quite turn out how I think it will or how the marketing is telling me because it's been marketed very straightforwardly as it's Laurie versus Michael at last. Yes. The final showdown. And there's well, not really, even the trailer doesn't really, it doesn't, you know, it's not a true, which is a genius thing in the day, in an age when trailers give everything away because, you know, they think people are too stupid to just go and watch the film. Um, it's not that film at all. Michael is only in this film really to kind of tread the path to make that final showdown happen in the last 15 minutes or so. The rest is a totally different story. Which I think is the best possible thing they could have done, um, and wasn't expecting at all. And mm. yes, it's uh, it's not the only. I mean, it's um, it's not alone. There's when I watched this, I was thinking of things like um, Maniac Cop yeah. Two, where Matt Cordell, the Maniac Cop, has a kind of protege or an assistant or yeah. another another guy as screwy as he is that helps out. Um, Halloween five is where the man in black shows up in Haddonfield to very conveniently help Michael get out of jail at the end. And even things like Friday the 13th part five, where there is no Jason, it's, you know, it's um, somebody that might be, but isn't Tommy Jarvis or Mm. is it doing the killings that are very kind of saying all the things that I was thinking when I was watching the film in the cinema. Mm. And as I mentioned earlier, there's a lot that even though they say we're ignoring all the other Halloween films apart from the first one, there's a lot of elements in in these films mm. where they, they kind of cherry picked bits that they did like from the other ones and stick them into this. Yep. But this one specifically, I was going, huh, you got the the monta- the thing at the end where Michael Myers is dead. I thought that's very the original Candyman, you know, where everybody's from the town is procession. Right. Yeah, got that. Yes. Then you had. The Christine sequence in the the scrapyard with the car and everything, yeah. And then you, you had the supernatural element with Michael Myers, which I thought was very Friday the Thirteenth Part Eight. So eating a heart, we're just going to stare at his eyes, and that will pass mm-hmm. on. Mm. Yeah, there, there was a there was a lot of elements where I was kind of watching and going, uh-huh. yes, uh, that's that's a bit stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's um, 
it's an interesting. I mean, it's yeah, I think it's it's fascinating. They followed a very kind of aggressively gory uh, body count movie with something mm. that most of the time is a melancholic, character-driven, dialogue-driven. Most of the first hour is dialogue, um, which doesn't give a shit about Michael Myers. I mean, Michael Myers is just a part of the sickness in this town where Laurie's been blamed for shit. Corey's lost it because of, uh, you know, also from a massive amount of um, PTSD. Laurie finds a kind of kinship with that, but then realises that, oh, yeah, no, he's going the wrong way. You know, I'm a survivor, but he's actually going the other way. And Michael is is only relevant when, you know, certain things happen to make him relevant. But otherwise, it could have almost been made without him. And I'm happy with that. I don't need to see the same old stuff again. I mean, I've seen the big body count Halloween movie. It was called Halloween Kills. So, yeah. you know, do something different. They did it. And yeah. I think that's really impressive, given that this movie was the big popcorn Halloween. It's the end. Final mm-hmm. showdown, roll up, roll up. Let's be honest. Thing. Nobody was going into this film going, "Yeah, this is the, this is the final Halloween." <laughs> no, no. And they deliver. You know, they eventually they deliver what, as far as this can be, a definitive end. As far <laughs> as this trilogy is concerned, yes. Yeah, which it is ended. it? Yeah. yeah. Um. Did you did you both think that Laurie might have jumped into the thing at the end? Yes, I thought that was going to happen. I would have, and yes, entirely. So I, thought, I would have thought that'd be a, a, quite a quite a good way of doing it because everybody's kind of blaming her, as to say, if it wasn't for you, he wouldn't be here. He wouldn't still be here. So it truly it, ends it. Yeah, yeah, she's there. She's gone. Yeah, but I, some people have got to bear in mind is watching this this specifically this film is that Jamie Lee Curtis did have a, a, a bit of a hand in where she wanted the character to go because she has pretty much said this is where she wanted her character to go this is how she wanted it to end so this is kind of jamie lee curtis's in her in her own words saying this is her her swan song of playing laurie strode this is the final time for another 20 years probably Mm-hmm. But yeah, she's basically has said in in a few interviews that that she just wanted to make a movie that she was very proud of, and that it kind of gives a definitive end to her story, which is mm-hmm. fair enough. You know, feel yeah. like Harrison Ford, everybody remembers him as Han Solo or Indiana Jones, but you can only play that role for so many times, and eventually you're going to have to do something, either pass the torch on or just kill the character off. That's yeah. kind of what she said. Hmm. Yeah. She's not, her character's not dead, but her story has ended. Yeah. Yes. And she's just going to go in there with Frank. Oh. Yes. In the, I say, in the second one, Halloween uh, Kills, did you both get the implication that maybe Judy Greer's character might be his kid? Because oh. there's, there's a bit when they're both in the hospital and they're, talk, they're talking to each other. And he goes, Do you remember that night when we kissed? And then oh, they sort of not they, twig, no. No, there was this there's this bit. I just maybe it's just me then. As a sort of look at it, well, that kind of makes sense because she's she would work out the same the around about the age that you never actually yeah, you never actually find out who yeah, exactly. the, uh, yeah who the but father there's, there's always this inclination uh, that yeah, yeah, maybe that I just missed Frank that. Might be the something. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Shocking nice. Um yeah, so he's very sweet and and that's you know there is um oh we'll we'll go backtrack and 
look at the rest of it, but there is a, I read an interview with David Gordon Green, which said pretty much standard, I guess, for a, a movie at this level, Hollywood and everything. But they they shot the ending that exists with the procession because they tried different things. They tested yes. out previous endings, some darker where maybe, a, you know, maybe she got killed at the end or something. And they went for something that he considered more optimistic, which it is because there's a sense of moving on. Mm -hmm which her character is kind of all about that in this film, despite the the problems she faces in being uh, labelled a, a weirdo or a psycho or whatever and being blamed for past horrors in the town. Um, so, yeah, it's been through the mill that a lot of these things go through in terms of deciding, as well as her contribution as a, a producer and the most kind of powerful person in this mix, I guess, yeah. given how long her career is. And... Um, and how integral she is to these films existing. So yeah, no, it's it's quite interesting. But I think it, it pulls it off. I mean, um, I do like this. I, I think this works. I think it's it's a big risk that works and it works for a few reasons. I think it's just refreshing to see something different. But also I'm kind of on board with the whole idea of this kind of um, awkward sort of, uh, what's the guy, Charles Whitman, the, the guy that's the basis for the film targets, this kind of, young man that snaps he's got a weird kind of annoying oppressive mum a dad that's barely there nice but barely there and he mm. suffers this extraordinarily traumatic moment at the start which is which is so traumatic it's almost hilarious but very shocking at the same time um and i'm kind of on board with that i mean what's so, and he from what i can gather from all the not actually that hilarious memes or kind of mock-ups of the poster that have shoved Corey in instead of michael myers on the original poster um because people are so clever that can use photoshop but i'm kind of on board with um Corey. what's your thoughts about this this whole new character that i don't think anybody was expecting to show up in the third part of a trilogy that has previously not had him um sarah what's your thoughts on on him generally I thought he was great. I loved, I loved the beginning. You know, he's the main oh. of like the opening sequence and stuff. And you, you know, you real really feel for him. Like, yeah. So Dan Trodden, you know, he was going to go places. This shit happened. He gets accused of killing the kid when it wasn't his fault. It was an accident. That's followed him around. He's now having to like just work with his dad. Is that actually his dad or is it his stepdad? Oh, I sure. presumed it was his stepdad. Oh. I it was his stepdad as well. I mean, he was a nice guy, but yeah, he's literally, he doesn't do an awful lot and just gives him this job at the garage and stuff. Um, and I think Alison kind of like pities Corey more than anything else, which is why like Laurie then kind of like tries to like match them up and stuff. But yeah, he, to start off with, I think he's quite a strong character as he kind of gets into it a bit more. I kind of think he goes a bit weird. I know he's kind of supposed to, but the, the, the the eye contact thing, you know, where his eyes go all dark and stuff. Yeah. He it's just it's it's a little bit off putting and possibly a little bit too like overacting going on there. He could have toned that down a little bit. But I think as a character, Corey is a good character. Hmm. What did you think of uh well there's there's two things I was gonna say about uh Alison. When you first meet that cop that pulls her over uh, he's hot well, that, that, well, yeah, there's that. But and it, and it's in, very much implied that they went on dates or they've been dating. Yeah, that's like, yeah. He's like, uh, yeah, like 72. How old is she supposed to be? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, make, yeah. We, well, we all know that she's a 35-year-old teenager. But, oh, um, yes, yes. 
yeah no yeah he's like way too old for her as well but you can tell that you know she does not want to be anywhere near him mm. yeah and then there's the uh what do you actually think of their them as a relationship kind of thing well cory and allison yeah it's a pity thing that's yeah. why that's what i thought yeah she's broken he's broken she wants to try and fix him he just wants to like kill everyone and run away yes mm. Stephen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's the, the bits you just mentioned in this uh, almost two hour film are, include some of the things I would have trimmed. I don't care about that cop guy. And like you said, presumably they were shagging or something, which makes no sense. Although Alison Marathon um, <laughs> is still such an underwritten character, so it's kind of hard to tell. Um, but yeah, I would have. I, I, I get it. I get that they, they're having a thing and you know, it does make sense. And they've both been through, like Laurie, extreme trauma. But there's mm-hmm. still some trimming that could have been done there to make this film a bit tighter and maybe lessen some of the criticism it had mm. uh, from some. But, I, th- you know, that's what's that's the something. What's the worst criticism you, you've heard or read? Oh, um, well, mostly it seems to be people that are really miffed that Corey's in it at all or that they, yeah. they dare Mike to try is. something yeah. that totally sidelined Michael, who is instead this kind of... A shambling wreck that needs to be uh, rejuvenated in the sewer oh, tunnels. Oh no, there, there was a there was a bit in this one which I actually quite liked. There was the the thing. Mike hasn't been around for like four years. What's he been eating? Has he been hiding in the sewer all that time? Pennywise been doing the shopping for him. I reckon yeah. he's been well. He's been, he's been like stealing from the homeless hobo that lives under the flyover. Well, I just I just thought I like it, that guy. there was a there was that but i there's a specific bit which i quite like you you could tell that michael has kind of lost his way a bit he's not yeah. strong and powerful as well it's not until he stabs somebody in yeah. the sewer system mm. he because he's shambling around like, like an old man he's yeah yeah, yeah. and he stabs somebody and it's almost like that's his <laughs> that's it that's his red ball he yes thinks, he stands up and suddenly he's full of energy and he's suddenly mm. back to fighting for it. I actually thought it was quite a good thing. So that's when the supernatural element sort of kicks yeah. back in again. Yeah. And, 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 that, and that sequence where him and Corey are staring eyes to eyes and there's that yes. sort of like middle flashback thing and it's kind of like, a, is he passing the evil on? Are we just sort of, is this like a passing of the torch kind of thing? What's going on here? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, is he pitying Corey as well momentarily? Because Corey's like, "Why am I the only person that survived?" And you like, you you know that yes. <laughs> you haven't, you've, you've survived for a little bit. Yes, <laughs> you're not going to survive too much longer, mate. Yes, you were fine until you st- stole his mask and you nicked his toilet. <laughs> now you pissed him off. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I like the um, introduction uh, when they went to the Halloween party and stuff, and he bumped into the mother of the kid that died in his care and stuff and then he got um kind of like thrown over the bridge and stuff by the bullies that Mm -hmm. was quite good i really like the soundtrack in this i mean obviously like even's already said the soundtracks about the soundtracks in the other two but but which are great but this one's really good as well i really love like the dead kennedy's tracks and stuff that they use don't fear the reaper is back from the original um yeah, and some great, uh, some great original score as well, which is quite 
expanded from the original. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, there's some some really good stuff. I, I mean, these a lot of these are holdovers from the old ones too, like the idea yeah. of uh, <laughs> Michael in Halloween five for a year is uh, looked after and seemingly restored to health by a mountain man um, that looks after him for a year. Then he wait, he's kind of back to life and then he just kills this guy that's kind of cared for him for a year. So that felt like this is from Halloween five um, in terms of the sewer tunnel stuff. And and yeah, and even the the passing, the kind of empathy that he finds when he uh, grabs Corey feels a bit like the suggested stuff in those those Halloween four or five where yes. um, the little girl, J uh, what's her name, Jamie, touches his hand and somehow a connection is formed, which not only makes her stab someone, but also in Halloween five gives her a kind of, well, it, it literally gives her a psychic connection to um, to what Michael Myers is up to. So those, again, it doesn't really commit to it because by the end we're, we're kind of back to thinking, oh, well, he is just a, a guy. He can be killed, admittedly, through mm -hmm. an industrial shredder. But mm -hmm. um, but it's still, I suppose, part of the mythology that has built around these films and the plots. But also, that well, I think it's one of the strongest things about this film is is Haddonfield itself. And I and I almost wish they'd have done more with it. But there's the fantastically kind of sad and depressing early montage where it actually unusually for a slasher film at this stage especially in a franchise it kind of shows you the impact on the town it remembers relatives of people that we saw getting killed in the earlier films and it shows it shows deaths that weren't because of michael like it shows that couple in the car where somebody says i think oh michael doesn't use guns you know yeah. and you see that they've yeah. been shot in the head yeah. and i think that stuff's really good because it's it's a sense of a town that's torn apart Harking back to Halloween Kills, where the town becomes an angry mob, you know, it's torn apart by grief and violence and it's it's haunted. And the people that are still around, you know, the best they can do is to find an enemy. Michael's not around, so they blame Laurie for everything. They blame Corrie, <laughs> Laurie and Corrie. Was that deliberate? Laurie and Corrie. Yeah. Was that on purpose? Um, they're the same, but they're not. Uh, so the easy thing is to blame them because they're the weirdos, they're the outsiders that directly connected to something they can focus on. So man, they could have done more with that. I would have had more of that and less of Corey kind of falling for Andy Mersh and Russian, um, which I'm less interested in. Falling for her or moping? Moping, yeah, a lot of that, like, uh, you know, on the motorcycle, riding into the sunset, kind of Michael Bay yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, which doesn't really go anywhere. I, I get that it makes sense that two people that have been through extraordinary stuff in the same town, which is probably quite shallow gene pool, um, would get together. But I could have done without that, really. And the movie is is longish. Um, so, but I, otherwise, I, you know. In, in film length, this is the, the third one was the only one I, I was sort of watching and get, and that had that, oh, quite long, this film. The other two just kind of went, oh, bye. But there was oh, elements yeah. in this third one where I kind of went, oh, that's a bit. Mm. <laughs> yep. Yep. There is for sure some lags, um, which I think is from good intentions. I think it is from trying to be, you know, they, and I think they've even said it, you know, trying to be something that, that is almost the opposite of that very. Uh, yes, yeah, so it's trying to be opposite, but kill trying driven. To, still trying to appeal to the core audience at the same time, which I is a very hard line to, to stand on. Yeah, and no, you know they're all different, and no Halloween film has kind of gone to this length to 
to keep obviously season of the witch is is the exception but that's its own thing but no michael myers halloween film has gone this far in terms of you know oh, let's shift the balance this you know michael's here this is that this is your main story now which, which is a really bold move and mm-hmm. i think very impressive at this stage I, um, I i did like that nick castle appears briefly as a flasher in this <laughs> Got a great role for you, Nick. Oh, fantastic. And last Hollywood okay. Beckons, The Flasher. What the fuck? You get to be in the film. Oh, it's Michael again. No, 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 not this time. It's, uh, yeah, you're a flasher. Time. It's the role you were born to play. <laughs> yeah. Oh, typecasting again. Yeah. <laughs> it's brilliant. Yeah, well, the, yeah, I mean, that's. that's so the, I guess the question is this is what they clarify as the end of the Laurie Strode kind of saga thing and you saw Alison driving off leaving Haydenfield which doesn't really happen in in Halloween films you know people for some bizarre reason mass murders everywhere they go actually it's probably quite a good place to set up home and have a family it's quite a really family community (laughs) yeah but she sort of drives off at the end and you kind of get the implied that Laurie might go off with Frank to maybe to Japan to see the cherry trees and whatever. Maybe. So there's sort of these elements where things are moving on. So what do you if you was to say, okay, it's gonna be another Halloween film, what do you do? Yeah, I I haven't got a clue. Because to me, you know, I was like, well, you know, he's finally dead now. I don't know quite how they'd bring him back now unless they were to hey, try... Hey, he's head chopped off before. He's come back perfectly fine. Yeah, exactly. I don't quite know how they would kind of get him back. But yeah. I, I would think that... Oh, I don't know. I don't. Well, I haven't got a clue. How the, how the hell would they bring him back? The, the idea Please, I, I had after the film finished was... Yeah. While well, Laurie's been writing up her memoirs of all the things... Yeah. And there could be somebody that picks up the book that's been following the murders and everything, and case basically becomes a copycat killer. Yeah. And, and then mm-hmm. he's that character stalking the Allison character in her new oh. place, and it all leads back to Haydenfield. Yeah. So everybody be- starts beginning. That would be to a think, way of doing it. Huh? That would definitely be a way of doing it. And then people would be start to thinking that, oh my god, we thought he was dead. Mm-hmm. And everybody starts seeing the mask and they see yeah, these killings are very reminiscent of what Michael would do. And they'd be like, oh, my God, we thought he was dead, but he evidently he's not. Mm. The only other alternative is, is to completely retcon the series again. Yeah. Yeah. That's what probably you? what will happen, isn't it? What I think, would you do? Um, well, they should do. They should do what the, the idea that you said, but they should have it. As in Friday the 13th, for New Beginning, the big reveal, it's Roy the paramedic again. He survived yeah. Friday the 13th. It's a crossover. Tommy Jarvis yeah. turns up. Um, thingy, uh, Margaret Rutherford or whatever her name was. Lindsay, oh, Lindsay Wallace. Is that it? Sounds wrong. Yeah, man. Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, Played by Margaret Rutherford. She should show up for no reason, just to make some sandwiches or something. Yeah. And it's Tommy Jarvis. No, it's not. It's Roy the paramedic. Yeah, I don't think... They would, oh, they would be crucified if they did a, a, you know, a kind of, oh, it's, you know, it's a whodunit. But that is a fairly logical thing to do. I think the most likely thing is there'll be, at some point in the not too distant future, there'll be another Retcon. remake. Yeah, 
whatever they call it, it'll be a reset. Um, akin I, to the zombie thing, I guess, you know, akin to just going back and starting over again, whether it's a direct remake or a kind of variation of the original to get it going again. I, I, uh, they would probably more likely do that one, but I quite like the, the way I said to do it because it's kind of, it ties up Alison's character properly as well, as opposed to her just going off. Where's she going? off where and mm. and because laurie's not dead you can still kind of have her character somewhere in the in the series in some mm-hmm. yeah i do like the idea of haddonfield um after all of this because i thought that was the most interesting bit of this one the 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 kind of town that bred someone like cory um as well as his unfortunate event i think that's quite interesting the uh, the whole town with some kind of PTSD in some form or another, which could tie in be... with a further killer, it, you know. Yeah, it reminded me of a character from Christine. I can't think who it was. It's a sort of nerdy um, guy being sort of bullied by people, and then that's yeah. oh, it's the guy from Christine. It's <laughs> it's Arnie Cunningham. Arnie, yeah. <laughs> Christine is a great film, and Christine is probably very influential in. In a lot of things um christine captures that small town yes and it, it has that great the great scenes with the really uncomfortable scenes with the parents as well where mm-hmm. arnie's been a doormat for his whole life and he finally stands up because he's got christine and he changes and and he he has a kind of almost a fight with his dad and his mum is you know they're not very sympathetic parents something's gone majorly wrong at home generally yeah I think Christine's a fantastic film um, mm-hmm. and not too far from the kind of characterization they were going mm-hmm. for here with with Corey, who is kind of sympathetic. Well, he's very sympathetic, in fact. Um, and you're kind of with him. That's that's a really impressive first 10 minutes in this film. Yeah. No one, uh, even the people that hate the movie must admit that they, you know, they were blown away by that. That moment. I've, I've actually purposely try to avoid as many every time i see i got I know, on social media or a review pops up somewhere i've been purposely avoiding it yeah because i have seen i thought a pop-up on like facebook or something somebody will halloween ends well that was a film yes <laughs> yeah yes it was a film you're right oh uh, do you know yeah. what <laughs> i happened to glimpse something which gave me which refreshingly gave me a totally wrong idea of what the film might be i'm almost embarrassed to admit it but i happened to um to glance at at someone's tweet and i just glanced at it because i saw it was mentioning halloween half i'm not going to read this properly but i happened to catch it, it caught some words caught my eye and it moaned about a love story and it said something like oh you know they turned into romeo and juliet and hilariously because obviously i had no idea about any any guy like Corey or anything but hilariously I thought that meant that Laurie and Michael were going to like get it on or something <laughs> which is which isn't far from like the wildest imagination because that's exactly what happens to um Hannibal Lecter and Clarice in the novel of Hannibal yes. not not the film which I was really disappointed that the film didn't go there because the novel is a wild and the novel is mental and the film is good but the novel of Hannibal yeah, I, I, I get way them, out there <laughs> I get the I get the Romeo and Juliet reference that that person's saying. Not in regards to Laurie and. That's what I was expecting. 
Michael. But uh, yeah, it's like at last the it's, mask it's, is off. It, it's two star-crossed lovers trying to get, to get together to kind of put their fingers up to everybody and say, we can make this work, but then it eventually doesn't work. Their Romeo love Juliet. was doomed. Yeah, very much. Yes, it's just Romeo and Juliet. In a small town. Yes, exactly, yeah. But I was glad that that, that was my expectation, because obviously then I was surprised by uh, the old um, Top Gun scenes of them riding off. Yes, um, and some doves flew off because John Woo was directing it. <laughs> Kenny Loggins on the soundtrack. <laughs> We're <down to> the <laughs> danger zone. <laughs> yes, but that was yeah. Though I, I, uh, there's there's good in all three of them. Mm, Middle yes. one's my favourite, but I think they're all actually it's pretty impressive. This this far on in the series, whether it's you know retconned or not, is still pretty impressive. Yeah. Some great there's some great moments in all three. The first one, well, Halloween 2018 has some fantastic kills and suspense scenes. Um which made it a great kind of pleasure in the cinema. What's your favourite one? That's what that's exactly what I was about to say is our, if you were to put them in this trilogy in or oh, the Halloween saga, as apparently this trilogy is called, because that's very so original. Is uh Basically, the, the the order they came out, I would put that in the order of my favorite. Yes, I, favorite. Yeah. The Halloween Ends is is my least favorite of all of them. There's elements. There's quite a few elements in it. I like it. I I don't yeah. get all the hates that I've now no. now recently read and I've yeah. seen. That's kind of. Yeah. I watched. It, I actually only watched it last night, and I yeah. I I quite enjoyed it. It was a very enjoyable film. There was people leaving the cinema, but it was one of them people leaving the cinema. And everybody was very quiet. You know, when you tend to watch some films and people are sort of talking about it afterwards. Mm. People, and you get those films where people just walk out and you're like, oh, that's, that's what it's one of them films that people <laughs> can't quite make their mind up about. Yeah. But I, I, yeah, out of all the three, this is the one that I don't tend to like the most. But if you used to watch a Halloween film, you'd have to watch this as a trilogy because it ties the story yeah. up. You can't. Yeah. You could, you could. I mean, if you just wanted to be a gore hound and go, I just want to watch a gory film. Halloween Kills it is. There's plenty yeah. of gory stuff in that. But if you want a, a character development one, you'd go Halloween Three or Halloween the first Halloween. Halloween Two has has character development, but it's not as depth as the first and the third one. No, it's definitely more batshit crazy. What What would you? Where? How would you two put it? The the in this order. I'd be the same as you. I agree with everything you just say. I would do the same. I put them in that exact same order because you kind of have to. You can't watch one without watching the others. No, it's like watching Lord because of the Rings. You watch, you know, yeah. you watch Two Towers, and you're like, "Where the fuck's this Frodo guy?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. To make it work, you have to you have to watch the whole lot of them. And yeah, I think all three of them are really really good. Um, there wouldn't be one that I'd say, "Oh no, I I wouldn't watch that again." I would sit and watch the whole you know, all three of them through again from start to finish. Mm. Stephen? Mm. Oh, yeah, and the great thing is I look forward to watching them all again because they they were all good. Um, definitely Halloween Kills is my favourite, but uh, not not that far behind is the 2018 one. That would be my number two. <laughs> and Halloween Ends is kind of, yeah, it's a shame, but it is the least uh, consistently... But Great one. Let, let's be honest. How many films that have gone 
even this length of franchise or just a, a series of films that's made it to free. It's usually the third one that's usually the hard one to kind of <laughs> appeal yeah. to. You had Jurassic World, Jurassic Park 3, Return of the King, Halloween Ends. There's loads of films that you, you oh, Rocky 3 is another one. There's loads of films that are the third ones that people kind of go, eh. So I don't see anything wrong with it. It's just because you're expecting something and they go somewhere else in a, in yeah. a third one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I reckon this one will be uh, massively kind of uh, revived. Just like the just like the very great Halloween three season of the witch, which we all know is the best of all the Halloween sequels, yes. by some significant margin, regardless. Yeah. Um, I think this one will be much better liked in future years when people have stopped moaning and have gone back yeah. and watched it. Oh wow, they did that! They actually had the balls to do that. Whoa! No, at least they didn't do the same old shit. Yeah, it does have one of my favourite kills. Even though Halloween kills, oh that it, one, it's full of like crazy kills and mentalness and stuff i think like one of my favorite kills is in halloween ends and that is the radio dj <laughs> I, you, know, you like the radio dj one i, I thought i quite like, I, I like that kill my favorite kill in halloween ends is the girl that's trapped underneath the wire fence and then michael <laughs> oh no not, well she's trapped underneath the wire fence but the, the bully guy gets the um like welding torch shoved into his yeah. mouth his face blow up yeah, that's really cool. She has to watch that first and then gets her face stamped exactly. on. That's quite nasty. Yeah, yeah, and those those worked really well because of the delay, you know, because it it made you wait for that kind of action. Um, the 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 bit the obvious the the radio DJ that seems to be a holdover from what is it called Halloween Six? Yes. Um, another kind of nod back. Seemed to belong in a different movie because that was obviously played for a cheap laugh. The tongue yeah. on the the tongue on yeah. the turntable in a film that otherwise was pretty much without humour and certainly yeah. <laughs> without any kind of major graphically gory gore gags kind of thing. Um, yeah, that was quite fun actually. I really enjoyed that. That's a really impressive kind of fucked up face effect as well. Well, that, the, the radio DJ. I went. I watched it and I, this. Well, it's another thing. I, I, I obviously. Horror fans are. I, I've, I've never met anybody that hasn't liked a John Carpenter film, and, and obviously Danny McBride and David Gordon Green are big John Carpenter fans. So, there's, of course, there's going to be little nods to his other films in this. With Willie the the DJ, I was like, oh, we got our little. We now got our nod to the fog in this as well. Now we have the voice of the town. This is yeah. now a different guy. It's not. Adrian Barber. I love the DJ. The there's a whole probably um, uh, article or something to be written about by DJs in horror movies. Like, um, is it Zombie Flesh Eaters Three? Zombie Three that has the yes, DJ. Yes, Zombie Three has the the voice of <laughs> of the day of the dead. Hardware. The Richard Stanley film has a DJ as well, right? And um, and. The most fa the one that precedes Adrian Bobo, of course, and it is a horror film. However, you slice it, is Clint Eastwood in Play Misty for me, where he's <laughs> he's the voice like um like Stevie Wayne in the Fog. He's kind of like the late night voice of easy listening. So Antonio Bay, it's twelve o'clock. You know, take <laughs> off your pants, kind of. <laughs> um, but he's a bastard. You know, he, he's 
cast off this woman that's a huge fan and gets the whole fatal attraction thing going on. But yeah, DJs in horror movies. That's the that's an episode in itself. Yeah. Oh, the fog is fantastic. The, the, yeah, the whole thing of the fog. 11.55. Time the for one first story. <laughs> April, the, what was it? April, the, oh, I've forgotten the date. God damn it. Elizabeth Dane. Christmas Day? It's not Christmas Day. Christmas Day. And it's got it's got my most the harshest moment in any horror movie I can think of right now is is the <laughs> is the bit where the nicest old lady of all time, Mrs. Cobritz, don't go to the door, Mrs. Cobra. Oh, I'll go and answer it, Andy. You stay there, young man. And she goes to the door. And she's the sweetest babysitter, like everybody's nan rolled into one, and she gets horribly disconoperated or whatever by the uh, the things in the fog. Poor old Mrs. Cobritz. Hope she's all right. Well, she's not. She's dead, but. Um... <laughs> Yeah, God the, damn that fog. It's the 21st. Is it? Oh, yes. yes. April is it the 21st goes of on, April. Yeah, on the 21st of April. 100 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> and the waves crashed. And the, uh, that's Spivey Point. <laughs> I think that's one of the greatest openings of any film. That's As a podcast. There's a podcast. It's just me, Stephen, and Sarah all doing the opening sequence from <laughs> and the survivors of the Elizabeth Day. It's such. I love that movie because it it stops whenever it needs to fill out the plot. Like at one point, Hal Holbrook reads from a diary. He's like, well, you don't know the plot enough yet. So anyway, diary entry eighteen eighty five. And everybody's got a story. There's a fantastic moment. There's a whole film about storytelling because it begins with a story. It's a great moment where Tom Atkins. I think it's yeah Tom Atkins who has slept with Jamie Lee Curtis as soon as he's met her like hey oh hey I'll let shag and the same happens in Halloween 3 because obviously Tom Atkins is such a hottie genuinely is but he tells a story about some fisherman or something everybody's got a ghost story and well, just a great film they did a remake which uh yeah oh well it's a shame. It wasn't it? yeah <laughs> I, I can read out the whole thing if you want I just found it from the 21st oh time for one more story yeah yeah 11 55 almost midnight a time for one more story one more story before midnight just to keep us warm in five minutes will be the 21st of april 100 years ago on the 21st of april out in the waters around spivey point a small clipper ship drew towards land Suddenly, out of the night, the fog rolled in. For a moment, they could see nothing, not a foot in front of them. Then they saw a light. By God, it was a fire burning on the shore. Strong enough to penetrate the swirling mist, they steered a course towards the light. But it was a campfire, like this one. The ship crashed against the rocks. The hull sheared into mass, snapped like a twig. The crew, their lungs filled with salt water, their eyes opened staring to the darkness and above as suddenly as it come the fog lifted receded back across the ocean and never came again but it is told by the fishermen and their fathers and grandfathers that when the fog returns to antonio bay that men at the bottom of the sea out in the water by spivey point will rise up and search for the campfire that led them to the dark, icy death. That was brilliant. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Such a great... that <laughs> What's that? 
You should do that. You should do like um, children's stories or something, Pete. Once upon a time. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. That was brilliant. Night, night, children. <laughs> Keep tight. <laughs> oh, excellent stuff. Oh, marvellous. Yes, well, that was John Houseman back from the dead. Thank you. I will be back next right. episode. <laughs> it's, um, it's thicker than the mist, isn't it, the fog? Because the mist was, was yes. absolutely yeah. heartbreaking. It's but... different fog, yeah. Yeah, fog. Yeah, and smog. Yeah. Don't forget smog. The, oh, smog. the smog. Smog is the underrated one of the three. That's really good, isn't it? With uh, Diane Thorne <laughs> and uh, and Andy ah, from Halloween. And smog. <laughs> and uh, Bet Lynch from Coronation Street was in it. Very British gag that one. <laughs> Not that kind of gag, by the way. Although I am wearing one. Yes, that's it. That's all there is. Yeah. Uh, next next time. In November, we'll be talking about something completely different, but another franchise, funnily enough, because there's a lot of them to go around. We'll be going back in time to the, Jesus, it's like 20 plus years old, Final Destination. Yes. yes. I remember watching that in the same weekend as Gladiator. That's how old that is. Oh. The original. Gladiator's <laughs> ready. Not that Gladiator. Two, one. Oh, okay. Russell Crowe and Jet. Oh, that's what I thought. Um, <laughs> Ah, the crow. Oh, John yes. Fashion. Oh, go, go. <laughs> oh, Rico Johnson. <laughs> uh, yes. Rico Johnson. Bless you. It's the, uh, thankfully, without Andy Schnellockenroll, who was the star of the Halloween trilogy, it's the Final Destination franchise, which means we get to revisit great actors like Ali Larter and Devon Sauer and yes. that, that one from the OC and the other one from American Pie. Um, <laughs> yes, back in time, all five Final Destination films with what? our favourite deaths and all the other bits with Tony Todd. And yeah, and it that hilarious bit with this such a Well, it's going to be an interesting one because like we said, with the Halloween films, you, people, you have the thing where you have to hit the marks that people remember. It'd be interesting to see you have a look back at review past reviews of people see what they thought of the final destination films because they are basically a carbon copy film you, yes. you have everything you need in every film it's basically the same plot in every film just yeah. a different memento kind of thing so be, be interesting fun. to see yeah. what we all come up with yeah it was interesting to watch because i don't think i've ever i don't think i've ever watched them all one after the other there's always been gaps <laughs> in between i don't think i've sat and watched like the whole five of them in one go so that that'll oh, be cool this, this be interesting we go, you remember that kill from the second one no that was the fourth one yeah, yeah that's what? the thing that's the thing yeah that's the thing with final destination movies it's like oh i remember that kill it was brilliant it's like i can't remember which one it was in though yeah great kills though they're spectacular yeah, i'm gonna sit and watch all five of them and yeah they're, they're movies and I hope I'm right, but I remember them all being really good. And there are movies that I remember you actually could hear kind of almost yelps in the cinema at a couple of moments. Yeah. In definitely. definitely in number two, which is insane. <laughs> no, oh, the second one is just insane. Ah, number two. Number the two barbecue. Is the that you can tell people that have watched Final Destination 2 by the, how they drive on the motorway. And the the logs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, always on the A47. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That will be fun. It seems to go from memory. There's like it seems to be going on for ages. You know, the the guy at the dentist and the guy that's 
that that's in his kitchen and that explodes and then oh no he's still okay and then oh it's like this um kind of mousetrap thing isn't it where yeah. oh, oh yeah. no he's okay <laughs> oh fuck it was the pigeon that did it <laughs> yeah it'd be, be good to watch them all again <laughs> so yes yes the final destination franchise which is being revived apparently we'll be talking about the existing five mm in the next episode of this very podcast but that's it for now we have done the halloween trilogy mark two or three or whatever it's good night from me and good night from you sarah it is indeed good night fairly well until next time good night also from peter barbara hopkins in the gloucestershire corner fairly well sir and until next time thanks for listening bye bye for now